0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. This is the
1: best I can do for embarrassing. Awkward, disconcerting, disturbing, flustering, uncomfortable, confusing, difficult, disagreeable, impossible, inconvenient, intolerable, troublesome, unpleasant, unwieldy. Unwieldy. Wow. <laughs> Unsettling. Degrading, demeaning, humbling, humiliating, mortifying. Somebody's doing their homework. That about sums it up. You want me to go on? I could probably do three hours of this. No, no, I think
2: you had me at embarrassing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. What have we become in Jacksonville, Florida? Brent Martin O Austin Lane here on a Monday. Woo. Minshew magic, Minshew mania doesn't matter. Quarterbacks don't matter. Team, what does the team watch in the film room and what do they practice and what do they try to correct? Because can they really be this bad, Hmm. this unfocused? Are they that undermanned? I've seen bad rosters in Jacksonville. I don't really feel like they're that undermanned, but... Philip Rivers picked on the linebackers, that's for sure. The secondary's getting picked on a little bit with the replacements. The depth there is not very good. It's a big drop-off. And uh, I guess the biggest thing right now is this offense, 57 points over five games, and I don't think they have many excuses. They have a running back that's playing pretty well. They have offensive linemen they thought would be there and have stayed healthy. Actually, seven of them that have stayed healthy. They have receivers that they kind of like and one that's had a breakout season. And they don't have tight ends, but they've got no excuses on offense to look this bad. Other than the fact that their defense looks so bad, it's hard to catch up. You have to be perfect on every drive. It's unbelievable in Jacksonville right now.
2: First of all, they, in my opinion, they have no excuses anywhere. Okay, the defense was horrible. The offense was horrible. Special teams, Logan Cook, probably player of the game. Anytime your punter is the player of the game, you should absolutely be embarrassed it was just... Best throw of the game, maybe. Best throw of the game, probably. And here's what I was so well, adamant about. The game, maybe. Here's what I was so adamant about last week. I said that Gardner Minshew is going to distract you from the real problem. And that was the coaching staff. Okay? I said Gardner Minshew kind of offers a little bit of intrigue where fans are still going to come out and support because they want to see the new thing. You know, they, they, they want to see Uncle Rico and everything like that. They want to see that reincarnation. Very cool, because that sells tickets. Well, when Minshew doesn't play up to his best abilities, then what happens? People start to realize what's really going on. It's something I've been adamant for the past four or five weeks, and it's the coaching. And listen, my takeaway video last night, you could say it was the worst one ever, okay? I had people yelling at me. I had had people flicking me off. I had some guy grab my hair. Did they think you were a player? I have no idea, okay? But... What I took away from that is the fact that people are upset. Okay, and I don't blame them. If you stayed for that whole game, and that's why I wasn't upset. I got flicked off last night. You know why? Because if people actually stayed for that whole game, man, in my opinion, do whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> I get I get punched <laughs> they in the face. Have from, tomatoes. I get punched in the face for a living. It to take a lot more to tick me off than uh, a stupid finger. Okay, so I didn't really care unless somebody busts your lip open. There you go. Then well then then it's on. But <laughs> my point is, people are upset, Brent, and. You don't have anything to cover the excuses anymore. You don't have Gardner Minshew. You don't have that mystique. All you have is what you get on the field, and you have the coaches to be responsible for that. And if you're Shad Khan right now, listen, I I respect all those coaches in that locker room. Okay, I think they're fantastic people. But if you're Shad Khan, number one, people want to hear from you. Okay, People want an explanation because you stood up there a couple years ago and said this is going to be the hottest ticket in town. Well, guess what? We saw the attendance last night. It's not the hottest ticket in town. Okay? So you were wrong there. But, and I get it. Shad Khan is not an X's and O's type of uh, owner. And that's fine. More power to him. But if you're not going to be an X's and O's type of owner, if you're not going to come out and say, we need to address things right away, then you need to make a change in the front office. Whether it's the coaching, the GM, or the vice president of operations, something needs to be done, man. Because every single time you put the same type of product on the field with the same players, with the same coaches, with the same front office, you're not going to get a different result. Your, Your team is not good right now. And the fact that people still somehow blindly show up to these games, maybe expecting something different more power to a man but if you're really worried about ticket sales then show the fans that you're in it to win it and make a change you have to
1: it is um unbelievable really i thought that there would be so much anger coming out of this one i expected this one i'm numb to it like i really don't have emotions coming out of this one like i thought that's probably what was going to happen i thought these linebackers would get toyed with by philip rivers i know that chargers team is way better than their record indicates i mean they've sure. got a lot of talent and what was there to hang your hat on other than, like you said, Gardner Minshew maybe and maybe Murphy's Law? So I shouldn't say I knew they were going to get beat 45 to 10. I actually predicted on Friday. I said, I think they'll keep this one closer, but they're mm-hmm. going to lose. But the fact that it comes with embarrassment and all these big plays, and it looked like they were playing against air. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were playing against air, man. They averaged nine yards a game, a play. Nine yards a play. It was unbelievable. I mean, thank, that would have been even more if they catch the 45-yard bomb, which should have been caught so uh it, it, it's embarrassing it's just you don't see it at this level you know clemson the other night against virginia they pick off a ball in the end zone to start that game and they went right down the field and like walked in and you could tell it was men amongst boys mm. well that looked like men amongst boys and I, I mean i try to be respectful to all the players but that looked like men amongst boys let you on an NFL field, that should not happen, and it's looked that way for five straight weeks against teams that really you wouldn't even characterize as men amongst boys. This is not San Francisco or New Orleans or Baltimore, or even if you want to still give the Patriots love, or someone like that, not even the Rams or Seattle, you know, like that game last night. That's not these teams that the Jaguars have lost to, so uh, they've looked like that against an Indianapolis team that's lost three in a row. You know, Tennessee now actually does look really good, but... It's just uh, incredible. And you bring up the point. How can we be here right now at 308 on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in Jacksonville and there not be a change of something? Of something. How can there not be a change? And listen, I understand. I've been back and forth on social media. I, I follow it all, and I get some of your opinions and thoughts, too. No, I don't think it would save the season. It would not do anything for the season. But now you're embarrassing yourselves as an organization. This is five straight weeks. This is historically bad. This is the 25th season, a special season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is an historically bad season. It's the worst the franchise has ever looked over a five-game stretch. We are bringing up the 1986 Bucks. When we're talking about how historically bad this is in the NFL, and we know all these coaches are going to be fired at the end of the year. Make a change doing something just to at least catch the attention of some of those players in the locker room. And I don't normally put it on Shad Khan. Tom Coughlin, this is your job, isn't it? Like Tom Coughlin, your job is to make decisions on the football side of things. Why hasn't he made a move? I'm not even saying Doug Marone, Todd Wash, a player. Have they cut a player that's like, we're tired of the way you're playing? I yeah. mean, anything. Just do something. Uh, I joke last night on TV, tell me I can't sit in my press box seat. I mean, do something <laughs> to yeah. at least shake it up because right now it's just, it, it is what it is. And again, this isn't, it, this, I'm not saying shake it up to get a win. I'm not saying shake it up to win three in a row. I'm saying shake it up to avoid embarrassment for the remainder of this football season. You have been embarrassed now five straight weeks. You are the worst team in the NFL by far. There are terrible teams in the NFL like the Bengals, like the Dolphins, like the Jets, like the Broncos that have all come out of their swoon and they look like they would be a playoff team versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know where it went wrong. I don't, but it's wrong, and it's awful. And the Jags shouldn't be this bad. This is the NFL, so uh, you've got to make a change somewhere. And the Jaguars haven't made a change, and I don't get that. And I don't now if Shad Khan wants to make the change, that's fine. That usually is the coach, the head coach, when he makes a change. But like I said, I mean Tom Coughlin, or and it's obvious Doug Marone's sticking with his guys, and he's protecting. I mean, there's no doubt part of the disconnect in that that building is Tom Coughlin against Doug Marone and the staff. And so Doug Marone said, hey guys, we're huddled up and I'm not firing you. I'm not letting you go. So then it's Tom Coughlin who has the authority in that building to say, Todd wash you're out. Or whoever, you're out. And make a move. And there is no move being made. So Nothing's going to change because everything they try to change in practice hasn't worked. I mean, I believe they're trying. I believe they're trying to give a good effort, uh, although other people would would say otherwise. I actually believe they are. I believe they're trying to fix things, what they look at at film, what they try in practice, but it's not working. So even if you just change for change's sake, and I know it's coming in three weeks, that's fine, but – I would say not even for the fans, not even for the people in the locker room. I would say for the franchise, for the franchise to save some embarrassment here over the last three weeks and at least look like you're trying to mix it up. Just mix it up with a player, or a coach, or a something. I- I'm all in on that. I mean, I-, I would be ready for that. I'm usually the last person to say that stuff, but you've got to do this. This is so bad right now in Jacksonville, and there's no end in sight. I mean, it could be a lot worse in Oakland on t- next Sunday. I mean, that's a West Coast trip. Who the hell wants to go out west right now? Yeah. I mean, I-, I feel a little sick. I hope I'm almost hoping I get mono by the time I have to go out there on that trip. So, so <laughs> and for- I love going to Jags games. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I love covering the Jags. I win or lose, all that stuff. So who wants to go on that trip? And, and the players, it's going to be an emotional day out there in Oakland. It's only going to get worse. Can you just change something up for me?
2: And, and then that's the point. Because Doug Marone, not doing a good job right now. Todd Walsh's defense, not playing well. And John DiFilippo's offense, not playing well. So either, it's it's I mean, it's a collection of things. But if you're Shad Khan, either look at it and say, you know what? we got to make a change on defense as a head coach in the culture in the in the in the in the locker room or on the offense and if it's not the, if those aren't the problems in your head if the advisors saying those aren't the problems and maybe it's a talent issue maybe it's a personnel issue then look at the GM but all I'm saying is you got to make a change man because you're about to be the laughing stock of the NFL you want to forget the fans forget everything else about it talk about your brand real quick you have three more games and if you don't do well in these three more games you will be the laughing stock of the NFL guess what you're traveling to Oakland this Sunday And it's like their homecoming. It's like their going away party. It's Oakland's last game in Oakland. It's the Raiders' last game in Oakland. All eyes will be on that game. And the last thing you want to do is put on another performance like that. But guess what? Why should I think any differently and why why should Jaguars fans think any differently I would
1: normally say it's a good thing Oakland stinks, so maybe they got a chance. It doesn't matter. They don't have a chance next Sunday. Nothing's changing here in Jackson. We'll be back talking more about it. Minshew, what about him, man? Uh-oh, if the tide turned on Gardner all of a sudden, next on ESPN 690.
0: Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why can't we score a single touchdown? Why do we have a football team in Jacksonville? Why does my voice sound like I'm from the deep south? These are the mysteries of life. <laughs>
1: Hey, when you welcome calls on Star Star 690, you never know what you're going to get. I don't think that will become a song. Especially those if, later games. If it would become a song, it would be uh, a country music song right there. Yeah. I'd so say so. Uh, welcome your calls all the time on Star Star 690. Even today, uh, Star Star 690, jump in live or nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. I don't know where you're at. I think there are some people that were on the angry side, and I can't believe that side. I kind of cut there, I think, last week. And to me, I was not uh, – there weren't many emotions. I, I think I'm numb to it yeah. right now. I've been through this quite a bit around here and uh, kind of numb to it. And I sat out there in the third quarter a little bit with my family, and uh, I think my wife was actually the most upset. But even I, since, like, Ty and K they were kind of numb to it. Sure. I just kind of somewhat expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did see some people at the stadium. They were like, hey, this is – First time in 25 years I've left at halftime, like as I was walking up the stairs or down the stairs at that time. And, you know, you get a little bit of that. Um, You want to go have fun at the stadium. It really hasn't been that fun. It was the worst setup ever for the Jags. They had three home games finally in December where you hope that it matters. They were four and four. And then in the month of November, they did so poorly that those three games didn't even matter. And now it's become an added embarrassment to even be playing at home. Uh, right now for the jacksonville jaguars so there's just nothing good about it and i still don't understand how we can be here today in the afternoon and no changes no changes i i think there was even some curiosity even in the building and there always is around this time of year but the media schedule didn't come out till this morning a lot of times it'll come out like last night and i might just i'm totally guessing here but maybe it was because it was a later game. It didn't come out till today, but I even wondered if they held it off a little bit just because let's see if the coordinators will talk on Thursday. Let's see if Doug Marone will talk today on a conference call on Wednesday. Let's see if they make a change at QB, which I don't think they were going to do that, but yeah. Minshew talking, you know, before they put it on piece of paper. So, uh, but nothing. And so now I think you're beyond that point at this time of day. I mean, it either happens late last night or early this morning, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Again, this isn't me like, holy – got to – I mean, I'm just not that per- – I just think you have to change something up. And yeah. that's what I really don't understand right now. I don't know what you change up and what it looks like, and it might mean absolutely nothing. I just feel like we know it's coming. So change something up at least just to save face. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like, I really want to lose by, like, a touchdown or less at some point in the next three games. Sure. This is – this is like, you are a cupcake of the NFL right now. I mean, this is what the Dolphins were supposed to be all year. hmm and now, all of a sudden, they look like they could beat half the teams in the league, and they would pounce the Jags right now. Yeah. And,
2: listen, I get, I mean, and I agree with you here, Brent, where if you let the like, a head coach, a coordinator go, it's not going to do anything on the field. No. Okay? No, no. I mean, m- maybe you promote somebody, and they have a different philosophy, and maybe that changes things a little bit. But let's be honest. I mean, it's going to be more of the same. And from, from as far as an advantage of, well, do you get rid of Doug Marone right now because he can go after your head coach right away? Not really, because it doesn't really make that much difference between, you know, two and three weeks. Um, even if you're going for a college guy, you know, the, the, that window's not even open yet. So, from that perspective, there is no advantage as far as firing the coaches right now, as far as the performance or bringing new, you know, a, a new regime in. But it just shows that you care, in my opinion. You know, it, it shows that you're willing to make a change because what you've been doing is not working. Simple as that. And I think I mean, listen, Brad. If you're a Jaguars fan right now, what are you clinging on to? And, then, and this is a truthful question. I, I get it. You're climbing? Draft, Allen,
1: you're climbing a draft board.
2: Okay, but but I'm saying you got Josh Allen. You know he's he, he looks promising. Um, you know Juwan Taylor, maybe a little bit, uh, but he's an offensive lineman. No one really clings to offensive lineman. Let's be honest. And Leonard Fournette, I, I would probably say those are the really DJ the only Charke. pieces. DJ Chark. Um, and I, I still think Minshew too. You know, I mean, I get it. It was a horrible game for Minshew, but. Well, it wasn't horrible. Well, it just was nothing. It, it was, was blah. It was a horrible game by everybody. Yeah. Okay. But if you're a Jaguars fan, like, what are you, what are you optimistic about now? I mean, are, are you just to the draft? Is, is that where, is that where you're at right now? Well, you're not
1: optimistic. Okay. I mean, okay. That, there's really not, I don't even think the Allens, Fournettes, Minshews even, uh, Charks, yeah. those guys. I don't even, so even think. I don't even think. I think now it's beyond even that point. So I, I could ride with that for the last few weeks. Sure, I, I wanted to see those guys like Fournette get the thousand. I wanted to see Chark get to ten. Mm-hmm. I want to see Allen get the rookie sack record. But, I mean, there's nothing – I mean, listen, fans, you don't, you don't go into Sundays just rooting for, like, two guys to break a milestone <laughs> and, a and, and and not just uh, – not lose by 30. Yeah. You know, that's not what you do. Yeah. And so there's really nothing right now. There's nothing to hang your hat on. It's been a miserable month and a half, and now there's more curiosity of how much you really need to rip this up and Whoa. what you have and what you thought you might have had uh, in general on that 53-man roster.
2: And that's just my point, Brent. If you're a fan and you have nothing to cling to right now, no, no records to break, you're just over it. Well, then what incentive is it for to, to a fan to go enjoy the game anymore? Cause you still got one more game. And I think it's like, isn't it Duval appreciation or something like yeah. that? Which is so <laughs> ironic. I feel like,
1: but I may have joked they should have flexed the game to London.
2: <laughs> savage. What, what was the response like?
1: I don't know. Okay, I mean, you, you didn't even go into
2: it. They didn't get a call
1: from the building yet. So no, that's but, good. but
2: I'm saying, what was the response on? Tw- you put it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. What did people on Twitter say? They agree with you?
1: Uh, I think so. That's that's where we're at now.
2: Like, yeah. if, if you do that during an eight and eight season, people would come after your throat. But now it's like, yeah, makes sense. Oh yeah, it wasn't then, it
1: wasn't a lot of like, no, no, I want the game. Yeah, I got you. What? Well, yeah, no, they wanted as a reimbursement. Okay, there you go. So. <laughs>
2: but but th- th- this is my point though, Brent. You know, if if are fan, you got nothing to hang on to. I think the the and I, I get it. We talk so much about the fans, but they're important, man. And Shad Khan has called them up before, so I'm having the fans back here. If you have nothing to cling to, at least show in good faith that you're willing to make a change. You know, but yeah.
1: And, and again, now we'll see if it happens. Uh, let's let's get to Minshew a little bit too, sure. because here's my problem with Gardner Minshew. I, I said this in the in the first eight games. And I said it during the game in the first half before things even got ugly. And I continue to say, and I saw uh, Demetrius Harvey tweeted out the next-gen stats. And if you look at the the numbers, I mean, that's what my eyes were telling me anyway. Why do you think Gardner Minshew is afraid to throw it down the middle of the field? I mean, he had DJ Chark wide open one time down the middle of the field. I will say this about Foles. I mean, Foles lets it fly. You know, yeah. he lets it go down the field. I'm not saying necessarily the middle, but he lets it fly, and sometimes it was the middle. But it doesn't don't you get that feeling right now that Gardner Minshew is afraid to make mistakes, like he doesn't want to turn the football over? I mean, we're beyond that, man. I mean, I understand that from a quarterback perspective, but we've lived this too many times before. You know, I think Mike Malarkey and other coaches told Blaine Gabbert to not make mistakes. Don't make mistakes. And and that was so much in his head that he wouldn't just let the damn ball rip down the field sometimes because he didn't want to make a turnover, didn't want to make a mistake. I think Blake Bortles got to the point because he had made so many mistakes that there were times Nathaniel Hackett would say, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. Well, if you tell somebody to do that, that means you're playing scared. And I don't know if somebody's told Minshew to do that. Or if he believes that's his best ticket to kind of securing this job moving forward is to not make mistakes because he turned it over from the fumbles. Mm. Well – that's not the way to play football, man. I mean, I, I really think the way the Jags have played this last month is playing scared. We don't we don't think we can run the ball, only give it to Leonard eight times or nine times. We don't think we can throw the ball down the field because our line can't block, so we have to throw it sideways on fourth and two behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> to Leonard Fournette. I mean, you can't play this game scared. And And right now, the Jaguars have nothing to lose. Like, let it rip. And if you throw four turnovers, then who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make some plays. Would be my mindset, and I understand that's not the mindset all the time of other, court, but you got to throw it down the middle of the field. Did you see those stats? I mean, you won't test the middle of the field. Yeah. It's like the hash mark. And if I know that, you know defenses know that, mm-hmm. so they're not even concerned about. <laughs> they're not concerned about it at all. I mean, I see in that right.
2: Yeah. No. you You absolutely are saying that right, and. And I, listen, I don't know if Minshew is scared. I think Minshew has his preferences. I think Minshew locks on receivers sometimes. And I'll say this, and listen, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but he is a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. This, this comes with time. I just, kind of just didn't make excuses, actually. I just called him a rookie quarterback. So <laughs> that's the definition of an excuse, but I just used it. But it seems like when he has more time, Brent, when he gets out of the pocket a little bit, uses his feet, well, then the whole field opens up to him a little better. It's almost like he thrives more in chaos than he does just, you know, dropping back yeah. and trying to analyze situations. There's a
1: little trust factor there. He'll, there he'll escape quick because he sure. doesn't trust. And I don't blame him. Nobody trusts the offensive line. Right exactly. I understand that. Yeah. And but I think, you could trust the receivers a little to make a play.
2: You can definitely trust your receivers a little bit and give them a chance. At least give them a chance. I agree with you there. But at the same time... I'm still gonna roll with Minshew because I feel like he can make a lot more plays right now than Nick Foles can. Because oh, yeah. honestly, I'm picturing Nick Foles back through last night without his mobility and take that those ten points away, maybe you got three.
1: Yeah, well, because maybe, there were like a third and, a and four egg. and a third and five You yeah. ran out of there and got it. Not this yeah. this conversation but, isn't necessarily about going back to Foles. No, I'm just, it's just yeah. that wow, man, I mean you at one time, I think about a month ago or six weeks ago, we said maybe they have two decent quarterbacks on the roster. How good are they about now you start wondering, maybe they don't. I mean, because the quarterback play, Minshew or Foles, has been not good, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of reasons for it. But I think that goes back to even Foles' conversation of saying there's more problems than just Foles, mm-hmm. right? So the, it's, there's one common denominator in the last five weeks, and there's a lot of probably common denominators. This defense has stunk, but the quarterback play has not been good. Now you can give me five reasons why Foles stinks, the offensive line stinks, the receivers are this. No tight ends, whatever. But the bottom line is the common denominator in the last five games, on top of the defense not being able to slow anybody down, is the quarterback play has not been good. And in the NFL, if it's not good, you lose. So I, I guess it's just put a lot of doubt in my mind going forward, and that's what these four games are supposed to be about. They're supposed to be about Gardner Minshew going forward, and that was one of them. And if he doesn't start stretching the field and he's going to throw it sideways 162 yards for 24 completions, I don't care about the completion percentage. If you're throwing it backwards on fourth and two and not getting a first down, it doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that offense. You lived that offense. You played with Blaine Gabbert. That offense was in a 10-yard box, man, and it was brutal. And you, if you got 150 yards, that's all you were getting. Well, yesterday's offense for the Jaguars was that 2011 Jaguars offense with Blaine Gabbert. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was non-threatening the entire time until they got a couple of fourth downs and a penalty that helped and and got a uh, touchdown late in that game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to throw the word optimistic around, and and I get it, it's so hard to do on this misery Monday, I guess we would call it, but if you want to be optimistic – I think this Raiders game will be very telling coming up because, number one, I think the thing with Gardner Minshew that he's been praised upon is the fact that he can rebound. He can learn from his mistakes and go on. Well, I get it. You're going to the West Coast. Jaguars traditionally have not played well on the West Coast, so that's a negative right off the bat. But I think you're going to have a Raiders defense that is very vulnerable in the passing game. And I think if if any time came for a confidence game for Gardner Minshew and that Jaguars offense – this Raiders team is that team. Now they, could, not DJ they could come out. They could come out and they could put up three points. Who knows? I mean, listen. I don't have a lot of faith right now in this Jaguars offense. I'll be honest with you, but I think from a from a hype perspective, from a perspective of getting Gardner Minshew going a little bit and gaining some more confidence, I think this Raiders game could be the game if it was going to be anyone.
1: <laughs> with Tommy hanging on the line, Action Sports Shack's on ESPN six ninety. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey man,
0: this may be kind of a out there to live, and let me know if I'm wrong. But it I like seems it. like. Sean Kahn's la- lack of
1: any kind of interest is you maybe let the team get to be so bad that when he does decide
0: to move, no one cares. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, yeah. it's almost like we're all going to be so fed up and so upset that if he decides to move, we're all going to go, whatever, you know, it's just
1: I don't know, I hope that's not the case, but you would think you'd hear something from him, something, you know. Yeah, Tommy, thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, I, you know, I get the thought. I get the thought in the, on that, and uh, I don't agree with it. I don't think – I listen, I think Shad Khan, I think Tony Khan, I think those – they want to be successful. They want it to work. Uh, the, I, I do believe they've tried to make it work. Um, they haven't been very successful. And I think from a talking standpoint – I think Shad Khan has a way of doing his – business and i don't think he wavers very much i think consistency is important to him and i we've shared this before even when it started going downhill for doug marone if you go back to the gus bradley firing he did not want to do it in the season did not want to do it if he even had an inkling of hope at the time now i thought maybe last night or this morning based on embarrassment and officially eliminated from the postseason you can make a change somewhere again it doesn't have to be with doug but it could be somewhere in the organization. And I don't know. That might be more on Doug. Like Doug has to sign off on getting your coordinator out of there. Or this could even stem from last year. He didn't want to fire Nathaniel Hackett, I bet. And mm-hmm. I, Tom Coughlin maybe made him do that, you know. And maybe he's saying, I'm sticking to my guns here and I'm keeping my guys. You guys make the call if you got to make the call. So then Tom Coughlin needs to make a call or something. But I think Shad Khan I don't, Shad Khan's not the guy that is going to talk every week. Every three weeks, he's not going to pick a time to talk. He'll talk after the season, either release a, release a statement or maybe he will talk to the media. I don't know. Would we like to hear from him more? I think the answer is yes, especially after these five weeks. Uh, but I also think this fall, I think everybody's talking about Shad Khan. This falls on Tom Coughlin to me, too. I yeah. said to someone yesterday, like, well, what is Coughlin doing as the executive vice president of football operations if he doesn't ignite a change somewhere. He's putting I mean, butts he has in seats, right?
2: he's, he's, he's giving out stats, these, these obscure stats about punters and the youngest roster <laughs> in the NFL, and he's getting butts in seats.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just as much right now. He's To
2: me, I
1: know, Sha, like, I know how this works with Shad Khan, so I know he's not involved in the day-to-day and he's not making those football decisions until he has to, yeah. and that's usually at the end of the year. Well, he hired somebody to make those kind of decisions the way they have this set up. And so I'm actually looking more at Tom Coughlin saying, when are you going to mix this thing up? When is somebody going to move and do something? And that, to me, my eyes are more on Coughlin than they are on Shad right now. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of right in the media, right now. I'm talking the present. And now Shad will eventually make the move in yeah. a few weeks.
2: Listen, and if you're Shad Khan, you have a lot of irons in the fire, man. I think all NFL owners have a lot of irons in the fire. That's why they're billionaires. That's why they're so successful. Because they have more than one venture going on. Now... It's, it's not rare for an owner not to come out and say anything when the team's doing really bad. And I get that point. I understand people want to hear from Shad Khan, and he's been silent. And what can Shad Khan possibly say right now to make you feel any better? See, yeah, that's that's yeah. my point where words are cheap. Actions speak a lot louder right now. And he knows and that. If, and if you want to make an action, then make a change, man. Yeah. Some, something. Make some kind of change.
1: I, I would agree with that. Uh, we'll take a break. we come back. we talk more, Jags, ESPN 690.
0: Yeah, instead of watching the game last night, I watched old reruns of
3: SVU. Far less disturbing. (laughs) Not a bad idea. Law and
2: order?
1: Dun-dun. Hey, listen. You can jump in on Star Star Six Nine, nine zero four, three six two, nine nine zero one. Uh how do you fix it? How upset are you at it? Uh, are you numb to it? Are you shocked they haven't made a change? Is Minshew still in your plans? Mm-hmm. Uh and, and again, I I'm not off the Minshew bandwagon. I also I think this is all small sample stuff mm-hmm. and not enough to buy into, and that will go for Foles too. I mean, we now can say, I mean, you can tell me Foles is terrible and you don't like Foles and all this stuff, but I can tell you this, the rest of the team around him isn't very good either, and that's apparent. So, I mean, if we're we're going to give Minshew a pass because the rest of the team's terrible, I think we also have to give a little bit of Foles a pass, even if Minshew has looked a little bit more the part, mm-hmm. and it's looked a little bit better and and at least more eye candy uh, on the field when uh, Minshew has been out there running around rather than getting sacked and, and looking slow mm-hmm. like Foles was. Uh, and that's real, you know, I do go back to this a little bit. The defense right now is, is so terrible, like so bad that I, I just couldn't believe the ease the Chargers had getting down the field. Two play drives, three play drives, 45 yards, 30 yards, 37 yards. I mean, I did, I, I, I had this math sheet going. <laughs> And uh, the first 39 plays, man, they had 23 plays. And this might not sound much to you, but this is the freaking NFL we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 23 out of 39 plays, which would be what? Like, uh, that's a 60. Well, don't go to the math, Brent. You know how I feel about math. Something like a 60-something percent rate, okay? Take your word for it. And they had six-plus yards on 23 of the 39. 11 of them were 15-plus yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is amazing. Now, I could bore you with numbers and, and, and stuff to digest if you're listening, so I won't do that. But, I mean, some of the numbers were ridiculous. The, the 12 touches for 213 for Eckler, disgusting. I mean, 14 yards, I think, uh, a pass for, for Rivers. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the linebackers were really going to have trouble with Rivers. I mean, he's a smart guy. You know He knows how to get the mismatch. And if you take the Chargers defense, I mean offense, and their weapons, Gordon and Eckler, That's tough for any linebacking crew. Forget about a guy who was on his couch six weeks ago in Donald Payne and a rookie who obviously has a lot to learn in Quincy Williams. So I think some of it was predictable. Uh, They have now lost Miles Jack. They lost Telvin Smith. They lost Marcel Darius. They've lost Ronnie Harrison these last couple weeks. Those are big blows, and there's some excuses there because they don't have a ton of depth, and now we can kill them for not having depth, but there's definitely a Mm drop-off. My problem goes back to the offense a little bit that even if you were losing 38 to 35 or 38 to 31 like why can't you move the football more because you have all your offensive linemen you have some weapons on uh, at wideout you have Leonard Fournette having a pretty nice year and you have a couple of quarterbacks that at least you feel like you can do things with so uh, to me i guess my like mind is more blown that the offense has been so miserable in these 5 games and looked so poor uh, more so than even the defense, even though the defense is the eyesore because they're giving up chunks of yardage. Mm-hmm. And the other thing they didn't calculate on defense is their, their front alone. When Marcel Darius went out, their front is is now just average. I mean, it's really bad. Like, if you, I think if you talk to people, the trenches right now for the Jaguars on both sides are just brutal, and nobody anticipated that. See, that's the difference. Yeah. It's one thing if you – like, they anticipated they would struggle at the tight end spot because they knew they were a little thin but nobody anticipated this kind of struggle in the trenches on offense or defense,
2: you know, and to me, it's more on the defense because I think they've been the biggest disappointment of the year. And, uh, I'll, I'll be a man, and I'll come out and say I was wrong, you know. Because when we broke down that Panthers game, where that's kind of where it all started from, especially on their defensive line and their linebacking core, I came out and said, "Don't worry about it. It was just, it was one of those things. They'll adjust. They'll get it together. The coaches will hold them accountable, and they'll be fine. And for a little bit, they were held, they were held accountable, and they were okay. You know, they shut down Evan Kamara. They shut down Bell from the Jets. They sh- they shut down Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals. So they looked okay, but Man, <laughs> this, I mean, and, and to me, this this Chargers game, it had it all, and it exposed them on every single level, because if you go back to the Chargers, the opening drive, they told you what they're going to do. Melvin Gordon, their star running back, was not the starting running back of that game. Austin Eckler was, and they used the same jet motion that the Panthers did, and they used the same jet motion as the Titans did uh, in, their, in their last game, where they lost 42-20 to 20 to them, and... That little jet motion, that little receiver in the backfield going one way, then going the other way, it has the Jaguars number. And that's a result of, once again, bad fundamentals, but also I think a linebacking core who's just, they're not ready for the NFL, man. I yeah. had to say, and, and listen, like I, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but that linebacking core right now? Not good. Well, Quincy Williams plays one speed,
1: right, Yeah, and doesn't recognize. And again, I told you this at the start. They didn't draft Quincy Williams to play and be a pro bowler in year one. Mm -hmm. This Telvin Smith situation threw him into a role that he wasn't ready for. This was more for 2020 when it comes to Quincy Williams, in my opinion. But there are people, I think, uh, close to the Jags that said that, that were ready to close their eyes on Sunday because they knew Quincy would bite on some of these plays, and the Hunter Henry play is kind of that kind of play, you know, where somebody's going the misdirection creates a wide open receiver, and like they they knew that play was coming. Like you, you just got to keep your fingers crossed that Quincy or the linebacking core in general reads those plays right. But they knew it was coming, man. And yeah. And that's that's youth, that's inexperience. Maybe it means they're not good at all. I don't know, but I think it's a little early on Quincy. He's just going to have to get a lot better in a hurry for the Jaguars if he's going to make that third pick third round pick look any good
2: yeah and as far as the defense is concerned it says a lot about your system when you lose your starting linebacker maybe you lose a safety here or there and you plug and play guys and when you plug and play guys it just all goes to hell that shows you what kind of system you have because the good defenses brent the fundamental discipline defenses that can make it to the playoffs that can be a backbone of nfl team's When guys get hurt because it's the NFL and guys will be hurt, when guys get hurt and you plug and play somebody, they don't miss a beat. And that's what makes a good defense from a mediocre defense or just to an absolute terrible defense. And right now, the Jaguars are a terrible defense. And it's not just one thing. It is the collective. But this offseason, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of changes. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people that are probably not going to have a job unfortunately Wow there's
1: gonna be everybody that's done. Yeah. i mean i I just don't know who survives this thing again the The great mystery when it comes to the jags in terms of changes is there's really no inner circle for shot Khan. like there's nothing leaking out. they've done a great job of that he's he does a great job of that you know there there isn't like rumors. You know, and so you have no idea what ShotCon's going to do. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people over the last couple of weeks. They have no idea. And some have hinted of things that would floor you if, it, just as their read, like it wouldn't surprise them if. Um, and I, I'm going to stick with what I said. I think this is going to be a clean sweep, everybody gone, refresh, restart on the front office and coaching staff. Now, the player's side, I, I don't think so. He's not going to get rid well, of you everybody. You can't. Yeah, you can't and, afford to. <laughs> Not only that, but I think they do have enough to work with there. Now, how much and what spots, and and whoever comes in here and how they read that, that will be up to them. Yeah. And we can debate that. We have months in the off season to debate. Okay, who's going to be here and all those things. But uh I I will I still believe, and I think this is adding up even more so to show that it will be let's we can't survive like this, and it'll be everybody gone and uh in in a new new start. Uh, which really, we were we were looking at this. Jaguars have not had an absolute restart many times in their organization, which will surprise you. And and what I mean by that is everybody. So obviously the organization was born, and in their first season, you know Tom Coughlin's running the show and and you know pretty much running everything at that yeah. time. And then he gets fired in the early 2000s, and you have Shaq Harris and Jack Del Rio. And then you end up giving way to Gene Smith in the Jack Del Rio day. So that wasn't a like a sweep. That was Shaq Harris is gone, Gene Smith's promoted, but Del Rio stayed. And then you had Malarkey replace Del Rio with Gene Smith. So then really that that third one that was a sweep of of you know just get everybody out of here and start again mm-hmm. was that year they hired Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell. And even this time around, although it kind of felt like one, well, Dave Caldwell stayed. You know, and Doug Marone was there, and Tom Wash was kind of there. So it wasn't just this, all right, everybody's gone and bring this in. It was a new structure because Tom Coughlin came back. So it really, if you think about the 25 seasons of the Jaguars, they've only kind of fully hit the reset button. I'm telling you, like, everybody pack your bags. We are disinfecting this building (laughs) and we're bringing new stuff in. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has only happened really three times and one of those times was the start of the organization. So uh, I think that's what we're going to get here. And I think it will happen at the end of the year, uh, end of the season. I would just go back to what I said at the top of the show. I'm a little surprised they haven't mixed anything up. Anything. Uh, I mean, even from a player standpoint, I was trying to think about this today. Sometimes, like the Dallas Cowboys today cut the kicker. Okay, Uh, and and. And by the way, they did it in an awful way, much like David Garrard situation. He was at a community event at a children's hospital. And as he got back on the bus, they told him he was cut. Nice job, Dallas. Um, but at least like they're mixing something up. Like, they're not sticking with their kicker. They've been awful. They're terrible. They're still in the mix. They're mixing up. They're not firing Garrett. A lot of people want Garrett done, but they're staying with that because they're in it. I think that's the mentality of ownership most across the league say, Hey, as long as we're in this thing, it's not going to benefit me to fire the coach. The hope is they respond to him sooner or later. They figure it out. They get on a little bit of a run. He knows them. They know him. And and whether that's right or wrong, that's usually how most people think in the NFL. And Dallas is still in the middle of it with three games to go, even mm-hmm. though their record's terrible and they're playing terrible. So they, they, they change the kicker. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a guy that Jags could say, all right, see ya. <clears throat> that you know won't be here. That's really playing poorly. And I really... I guess it would be all, it would be all those backup guys. So it's not, that's not going to be an impact. Keep in
2: mind, Brent, they have one of the youngest rosters right now. They have one of the youngest core players in the NFL. So let's keep that in mind as well.
1: Yeah. So they're not going to, like, if you, if you get rid of Wingard or, or Donald Payne or someone like that, you're not going to do it. So therefore, it does go to the coaches. If you're going to make the move, it's got to be Todd Wash. You know, Mm -hmm. it's got to, it, Wash is really the easy target. In all of this, because of what the defense has looked like um, yeah. these last handful of weeks. I mean, at least, I mean, some people would say Marone, but I mean, I'm just saying if, and, and by the way, for everybody who tells me, well, who's going to take his place, who do they have? Who gives a crap? Who takes his place? Doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. You're not trying to save the season. I don't care if Tom Coughlin comes down and, and coach I don't care what happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just saying change something for change. I like Todd Wash a lot. I'm not rooting for him to lose his job. I'm just saying somebody change something up and I'm trying to find the most logical piece well, to change something up. And be, I don't care if I have to go
2: coach the defense. I think it'd be logical where you'd let Todd Wash go, then you let Dom Capers take over. That's
1: fine. I mean, whatever. I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah but I mean, if you let Doug Marone go, you could have Dom Capers take over. You whatever. could have yeah. uh, uh, you could have Joe D Camillas take over. You could have Flip take over. I, I this this is not like a reward. Hey, you really great. You done a great job. They yeah. all stink right now.
2: Yeah. The, and saying you know on, on the defensive side of the ball here, this this is what makes me nervous going forward now because I get it. You're gonna clean house. And you look at who they have right now on that roster, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But what else? We, have? I mean, do you want me to break down what the Jaguars did wrong against the Chargers? Because I can get into how the scheme was bad and how Hunter Henry tore, about, how Mike Williams tore. About. I mean, like I can get into it. I don't think anybody wants to hear it. I'd rather think of the future a little bit. But hey, cuz my favorite part, by the way, of Austin is yesterday in the
1: press box. He's like, "What am I supposed to say about this?" In my three takeaways. Yeah. I'm like Austin, welcome to my world for the last <laughs> dozen years. Yeah. Was- Try doing 10 TV shows a week, five radio shows a week. Yeah. I joked to the instead of a 3 minute uh, uh, t- takeaway. That that's what you're left with. I yeah. joke. I mean, it's from- not easy.
2: Yeah.
3: I was joking that Will would just take his voice uh, from last week's video, and instead of saying the game, we'll just have him voice over uh, last night's game instead. I
2: mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I echoed everything I said right. last week, so you're not really missing much except someone pulling my hair and another lady flicking me off. So apparently, it is what we got to see
1: this, though. It's, uh, I mean, it's, the video's worth seeing on YouTube. But maybe not I mean, listening all to it, right,
2: Yeah, it's all right. So like, it's
1: on our Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 channel, also on Facebook as well. Yeah. Uh, but you got to go check it out because you ran into some characters, it
2: sounded like. Like I said, way people are passionate. Brent, uh, you can call it people were drunk or people were passionate, but they but they <laughs> so, wanted to be heard.
3: <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why she was flipping you off. Like, I don't know what the thought process I, was.
2: I have no idea, man. I've never met that girl in my entire life. I thought I was <laughs> an ex-girlfriend or something. No, it was just some random girl who must have thought that I played at that game and then somehow I changed for my pads, put my street clothes that on, quick. and did an interview. Yeah. But my point going forward there with the defense real quick, Brent, is Marcel Darius, probably not going to be here next year. No, he's 22 million. Calais Campbell, we'll see. No, Calais is gone unless he takes like a pay cut and wants to stay okay, in Jacksonville. which probably wouldn't want to take a pay cut. We'll see. We'll see. But it's my, probably my, not getting 15 million but, anywhere. But. but my point is outside of Miles Jack, who else are you really clinging on to right now to, to lead that locker room? And I, I know you can say Yannick Ngakwe, but you're not paying him like a leader. So if, if as far as I'm concerned. Jan's not a leader right now because you're not paying him like one. So all you have right now on that defense going forward is Miles Jack. Everybody else? yeah. My favorite we'll
1: guy see. on that defense right now, and I'm not saying from a play standpoint, is Avery Jones because he just says it how it is. We'll hear from him coming up a little bit. We'll also get around the league a little bit. NFL's really interesting right now. Um, these last three weeks to go, a lot on the line, uh, really some good battles. I mean, what in the world? You know what infuriates me? Freaking Tennessee
2: Titans. Hey. Are you ready to start believing them yet or not? Because I've been saying it for the past six weeks. You haven't bought into them yet. Are you buying into the Tennessee Titans now? I hate the Titans. Are you buying into the
1: Tennessee Titans now? Brett? Next on ESPN six ninety. I'm never welcome in Nashville.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Danny at the beach. It's a joke. It's an embarrassment. Tom Coughlin He's a joke. He needs to hang it up, go retire at the beach, drink his coffee, and do whatever old people do. Sick of it. Waste my money every year down there. Spend $10 on a wiener. Sorry, guys. Danny at the beach.
2: Do whatever old people do. What, what do old people do, Brett? Apparently I'm old. I drink a lot of coffee. I
1: drink a lot of coffee. i tell you what. If I was Tom Coughlin right now, I'd be drinking more than coffee. Oh, yeah, man. I'd be yeah. drinking a little Vita DeLuis tequila. And now we're talking. <laughs> I don't know if old people, young people, whatever do that. Yeah. But that's what I'd be doing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> i kind of like that call star star 690 uh, is the number if you ever want to jump in uh, live or when we're not on air, you can leave a voicemail 904-362-9901 okay it's the age-old question when teams suck mm-hmm. and when they look as bad as the jaguars and this has, by the way happened quite a bit over the last decade the first thing fans say, the Jags have quit. Doesn't even mm. look like they're trying. Doesn't even do that. I, and you know what? I, I, I cringe just when I, I hear know that, you do. bro. You, know? I, you do. And actually, to be honest with you, I do. I'm a defender of the players on this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think uh, – what people don't understand is like if you – it's really hard to – this is why it's hard to relate. Because if you were going to get fired in your job mm-hmm. in two weeks, you probably wouldn't do much for the company. yeah. Right. You'd
3: probably mail it. You'd probably it's
2: like it the it. It's like the last week of school, man, when you're a senior. You'd probably yeah. mail it in all yeah. that stuff. I mean, you think it, it, I don't
3: do a lot now. Is that yeah.
2: okay? <laughs> but what you've
1: got to do, if your next job depended on how you looked in those two weeks, sure, you might think about it differently, even though you're pissed off and, and all that stuff's going on. Yep. And so that's where I come down and say the players know that it's bigger than that. Now, again, I think there's a big difference between effort and focus. I think it's easy to sleep in meetings right now. I think it's easy to not pay attention in meetings right now and how much they're cracking the whip on those things I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I think you can do like I think you can lose focus. That's different than effort. You cannot play that game on Sunday afternoons without effort very often. Now some people do it. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. But to collectively not have effort I think is a it's a dangerous thing and I don't believe it happens yeah. in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I mean That like when I played Brent, that was my biggest pet peeve, right? Because set aside for my first year when we went eight and eight, the rest of the years here in Jacksonville, they they were no bueno. They they were not good. And the thing that, and I know hate's a strong word, but the thing that I hated the most of media members or fans even in general. And thank God I didn't listen to your radio show back in the day because if you would if you would have said that Austin Lane looks like he quit out there, we probably would have had an exchange in the locker room. Okay, I'm just saying. What do you? What? you're gonna say? Something? He's got his bat ready to go. <laughs> it's actually it's actually your bat. Well, it is my bat. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I earned. Uh, yeah, in a, in a loss against the Patriots. It says the violent, physical, and relentless. Yeah, quick story with that. So back in 2012, we got 2012. a we got a baseball bat. Uh, we're getting ready to take on the New England Patriots, and we all got bats before the game. And then we lost, and I had to carry that bat out like a winner. So it <laughs> super awkward. You did. But I still is, have them, Everybody
1: man. gets a trophy.
2: Everyone gets a Even trophy. Even in the NFL, apparently. Everyone you gets lost a the trophy. damn game, and yeah. you still got a trophy. Well, hey, because you know I got it because I was violent, physical, and what was the last one? I can't remember what it says. Violent, uh, physical, and. Relentless. Relentless. There you go. Nice nice adjectives there. But getting back to my pet peeve, yeah, is, is when people say that a team just quit. Okay, because, but do some,
1: te- do some players
2: quit? You've played. You've been around. Teams, it, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You guys C- went quit. two and fourteen. Oh, absolutely. But and I and I, and I listen. I can only speak for myself because I'll be honest. I didn't watch the last game of the season when I think it was in Tennessee. Didn't watch that game. But I guarantee if you go back and watch me play, I didn't quit. And I think the guys that I played around the defensive line, the linebacking core, anchored with you know Puz and Daryl Smith. I think Russell Allen might have been out there as well. Those guys didn't quit. Yeah. Because. Pride's a strong thing, number one. Yeah. But we understood and, and it was made abundantly clear by the leadership, not only in that locker room, but also the coaches where you you are what you put on film. And if but let's be honest, this is gonna be blown up by the end of the season. Like the writing was on the wall. Mike Mularic was probably gonna be fired. New new coaching staff was probably coming in. Maybe a new GM. We'll see what happens. There was a lot of new stuff coming in and we knew we probably weren't gonna be there. You know? I mean it's just it is what it is. And our only Chance, our, our only glimmer of hope for a lot of players in the locker room, was putting good film out there. And and I guarantee Avery Jones, I guarantee Calais Campbell, Chris Conley, Nick Foles, all the other vets in that locker room are echoing the same sentiments right now, where it's like, let's be honest, next year is going to be completely different. Half of us probably won't be here anymore. And if you want a job in this league, because it's, it's few and far between – and if you're lucky to get another shot, it's going to be because you put good film out there. So from that perspective, no one is in the huddle saying, hey, guys, let's just go ahead and take this play off here, right? I get, We all agree. No one is doing that. Nobody is quitting. Now, yes, maybe some guys are tired and they make, quote, unquote, business decisions. We saw Jalen Ramsey make a business decision when Mark Ingram came to the hole. And Jalen Ramsey said, I'm all good, okay? There's business decisions all the time in the NFL. But there's a difference between a business decision and quitting on your team. And I don't think guys right now on that Jaguars defense, offense, or special teams, they're not quitting. Yeah. They're just not playing well.
1: And and I don't buy it. And I, I actually get a little offended for you guys or for the players when people say that because – Again, it's a game that I wouldn't play. Like, yeah. I couldn't play. And so for me to say that that guy's quitting now, it can look really bad. And it's looked really bad. And I get why it looks that bad. Yeah. But I just don't buy that. I really don't. And so uh, and I, I, I think it's just a disrespect to the players. They've got a lot of problems right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a big – listen, they call it the ultimate team game. Yeah. And if two or three guys are just so far off the page, we see what we saw yesterday. Yep. And when you can't find it, I mean, it's like they are grabbing a rope and they cannot grab it. And and on both sides of the football, that whole team is reeling in a bad way. And I, I just don't I don't like to say they're trying because that means nothing in mm-hmm. our world, like on radio and, and to the fans. But I also do believe they're trying. Yeah, it's, well, And it also makes it epically bad that they are trying. Yeah. I think they are giving effort, and they're this bad in the
2: NFL. And, and you brought it up, Brent. I'm, I want to drive this point home real quick. The, the people listening in their car watching us you know, on our streams, if you take nothing away from the segment where we go, you know, the, the wall that says it all, if you take one thing away from that segment, I want you guys to take away that when one guy, just one guy doesn't do his job on offense or defense, the whole thing blows up. Uh, sometimes you're lucky, and sometimes maybe you can, you know, cover that mistake. Yeah. It happens all the time, but sometimes you can. And if you want to go back to that Chargers game, it wasn't the whole team. I mean, it was a guy here, a guy there, a guy there. And that's what made the difference, man. And that's the game of football. It's one guy not doing his job being on the same page. That can make a difference between a tackle for loss and a, an 80-yard uh, you know, run or whatever like that. And I just I can't reiterate this enough. And you can call this a, a TED Talk to my people in media here or a TED Talk to, to Jaguars fans. If you go up to a player and say he's quitting. I get it. It's, maybe you're saying that the team quit, but that player takes it to heart. Because now not only are you questioning his abilities to perform his job, but you're also questioning himself as a man. And that's the last thing a player wants to be questioned at is them being a man.
1: Just saying. Cause we have Avery Jones talking about this kind of topic. He gets it. He's been around, right? He knows the, the, the banter that goes on. He knows how bad it looks. This is as bad as it's looked in Jacksonville, quite frankly, ever in a five-game stretch. Do you believe that? This works worse than 2013. Worse than your team in 2012. Yeah. You know, I looked back yesterday, by the way. Your team in 2012 lost three overtime games. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Three OT games. Wow. You could have been five and 11. Spoiler alert. Not, uh, not fun
2: overtime games when you're losing them. Okay? No. <laughs> Extra time fun losing to be a part is of, not good. Yeah. That's when
1: the format was a little different, too. I think it was a 15-minute session. now. Uh, yeah, so yeah. like a 10-minute session. Yeah. All right who is Avery Jones on this topic of quitting.
2: We got to fix that. I mean, to the outside world, that just shows a team that doesn't care. People run around wide open and you're at home and stuff like that. So, I mean, I never want anybody to think or the fans think we don't care. I mean, we're deeply rooted in this with everybody else. I mean, clearly it's on our backs and we're not playing good enough. So we got to figure something out to, you know, it's dead in here. I mean, pretty much everybody taking showers and get away. So, I mean, we got to do something.
1: That guy's as real as I get now, Avery Jones. Uh, I r- I really appreciate his thoughts. I mean, he nailed it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what it is. It's it's a it's a dead football team because there's no juice. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought Benchy M- would bring them some juice. It didn't. All right, one last question. We're going to take a break and then we'll come back uh, and talk more and maybe switch over to some college football with what went down with all the bowl games too. But how I, I tweeted this out today. This must be the most miserable experience at all uh, of all to watch the film on a Monday. <laughs> I mean, like it's one thing to live it. Yeah, it's another thing for people to pay to see it. Mm. But it's one thing to go live it and then have to watch it again and then be embarrassed. Like those young guys that are making a ton of mistakes is what I believe is happening the most. I mean, everybody's making mistakes. Yeah, but I mean, for guys like maybe it's Donald Payne, Wingard, Quincy Williams. Holy cats! Yeah, that must be. So like like somebody get me the flu so I don't have to report to work. today. So
2: there's there's a reason why I'm laughing here. And you're absolutely right. In terms of being a professional NFL player, uh, one of the the worst parts of the job, I mean, obviously getting let go is probably the top one. But a close second is when you have to come in and watch film after a horrible game, and I'll never forget. This was my rookie year, and we played Houston. This was this was the game with Mike's. uh, I'm sorry, not Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. We we, we had Hill Mary. Well, that was one of my very first starts, and I played a horrible game, and I knew, oh man, like we won, and so that's great. You're pumped up for that, but you still gotta like, and you gotta sit in front of a team where the whole team is watching, and you gotta have like Del Rio point you out, like, hey. What are you doing here? So is that what happens to the whole team, or is it just the defensive so, side? What is it? So it, it changes throughout the season. I mean, and every coach does it differently. Usually the way it works, when a team is struggling, a coach will have the entire team watch the film, because that way, everyone gets held accountable. Because, you know, when you have a defense that's playing well, maybe an offense that's playing bad, kind of like we had back in uh, 2011, um, we, we watch it as a team. And we know, all right, there's offensive players making the mistakes. This is why we're not succeeding on offense. So from that perspective, I'll never forget my rookie year. I'm just like, I'm still a rookie, man. I'm I'm just like, man, I don't want to watch this. And, and all my mistakes happened in the second half. And we're talking mistakes. okay? Patriots. We're talking Arian Foster. Have a field day. Foster, who, who, whoever had Arian Foster in fantasy football, you're welcome that day. Because that was on me. Thanks. So you're welcome, Coos. Do you still get a Christmas
1: card from Arian Foster?
2: <laughs> I might as well be, man. <laughs> but, um, but, but all things considered, so one of the worst games of my life. And it all occurred in the second half. So I'm sitting there going through the first half. And I get it. We're, we won. So everyone's in. Good move. i'm just like uh, and all of a sudden we get to halftime and, and jack's like all right that's good we all know what happened in the second half let's go out there and practice and dude I literally, <laughs> yes yeah, like literally like it was like i was on death like death row and all of a sudden like someone called uh, the the electrician's like you know what he, he's not guilty. Get him, get, get him off the, get him off the stand. He's good to go. Don't electrocute him. He's got, good to go. You got pardoned. Oh, I got pardoned, man, and not in the last second. But but, and listen, we're live in here, but I'll be truthful. When you lose and you play like you did against the Chargers.
1: It's going to be a bad day. Well, the good news for whoever that is is they've got company. Yeah, it wasn't one. It's not one person. I mean, but what I else? can only imagine, man. Seriously, I mean, I yeah. know you, you got to be held accountable. Sure, but what you must just like shrink down in your seat. Oh, and it, it happens in training camp. But anytime because you, by the way, these guys aren't making one mistake. Yeah, they're making a lot of
2: them. And anytime you get put on your back, even in training camp, you know someone depletes you, like. You're gonna see it, and you have to live
1: through it. That's interesting you said though about the offense defense like 2011, because that's also yeah. how you can create a little animosity if you're all watching it together and it's all the offense's fault.
2: Well, but I'll say this though, you can create animosity, but I think it's better to see it as a team as opposed to just watching your defensive cuts and be like, "Well, the you're offense sucks." Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened? You know, at least like you have some kind of answer instead instead of just speculating and speculating. I get it because the eye and lie doesn't Scott. Uh, uh, the, the eye and the sky doesn't lie. Yeah, that's yeah. A good, that's a good
1: point. That yeah. makes that makes more sense now to me. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little college. We'll get away from the Jags for a bit. Uh, Who's going to win the national championship? Then we'll get back to the Jags, don't worry, and other things in the NFL next on ESPN 690.
3: Yeah, obviously, um, the season just ended. Uh, Our goal was to go to the SEC
1: championship and win it. That was one of our goals. Uh, We're going to be on the road recruiting. I'm sure I'm going to think
3: about it this week, but we're not done yet. That wasn't our final destination. I'm very proud of offense. I'm very proud of our defense and all our coaches, but we still have some work to do.
1: Hey, yo, SEC champs. I'm working on my voice getting like Eddie O's. I
2: thought that was a caller calling about the Jags. I'm like, that's something Eddie O's I'm like, ah, oh, got it. That, that is Eddie O. Okay. Never mind.
1: That was Eddie O yeah. saying, Jags, you should take Joe Burrow, man. There we go. <laughs> I he's, love that uh, guy. I really oh. do. You know, again, the best thing about uh, Eddie O is his record now against big D- – you talk about a big-game coach. You know, I think big-game coaches, I think of a guy like Urban Meyer. He was so good uh, in those big games uh, against rivals and everything else. And uh, Eddie O's record, I think, is now up to 11 or 12 and 3 against top 10 teams or something.
0: I remember but, when they ran less Miles out, and I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, what yeah. are they doing? I almost and ran Eddie O out, yeah, I think, well, like a year he a, and a half. What, it, was, it, it was a year dude. and a half or yeah. a season and a half where he looked pretty pretty rough. It was bad. And now, I mean, they're on top of the world. It, it's just amazing how
1: the QB changes everything. You know, and obviously Burrow well, has changed it. Now, listen, they've changed. They've changed their philosophy. They grew, too. But yeah. he has. he is so good. And you talk about a guy in command. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sometimes so evident with a guy that knows the offense. Brady, we've watched for two decades. He just mastered their offense. And and like the NFL, Peyton Manning was like that. That's what was. it wasn't like the physical tools about Peyton Manning. That was fun to watch. It was him orchestrating. Yeah. Well, Joe Burrow. It's like the physical tools are okay, whatever. He runs a little bit. He's he's good, but it, he's orchestrating that offense at such a high level. And I almost forget he was there last year. So now he's, you know, he's got some comfortability there. Um, to me, that's what's fun to watch when guys really get it and they know what to but do is on he, every But is,
0: is, is he Tom Brady? Wasn't that what Daniels, was it Gary Danielson? Doing the game, yeah, saying that he was actually better than Tom Brady, or some, I don't remember what he said. Yeah, but Danielson, he made a comparison to Brady. I was like, <laughs> well, let's let's wait on that for a but, minute.
1: I like Danielson, but on the SEC, and I know it's the good old boys in the SEC, but yeah, they might have to start getting a little younger in the in the booth. <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and listen, and, and you can't say enough about Ed Orgeron and the fact that. He saw what he had, and he was willing to adapt to it, right? Because it. Because LSU, for the longest time, they were a run-first team. You know, they're almost like a Big Ten team. They had great defenses, run the ball first, pass the ball second. And maybe that's a lack of quarterback, talent, or whatever it was, but that that was their M.O. And then all of a sudden, here comes Eddie Orgeron. He wants to change the whole thing up. And I think it was met with some scrutiny a little bit, but it's paying dividends, obviously.
0: Well, yes, yeah, so, I mean you have to be comfortable in your own skin too cuz then you go out and he hired some great offensive minded coach yeah, i forget the name but Brady, yeah. yeah to to basically, that Brady yeah that Brady different Brady <laughs> yeah. that's right exactly so i mean that takes you know confidence to do that because you know this guy could be your replacement if you're not careful well they got
1: the final four and, and i think they got it right and it's you know it, Sure, I think it favors LSU to play Oklahoma. Bottom line is you're gonna have to win two good games. I mean, I think Oklahoma could be, will be by that time, good enough to to go toe to toe with LSU. Uh, it's a one game thing. I, I'm not. I know they'll be heavily favored. I think everybody will pick LSU. I probably will too. But I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Uh, I, I just think Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, they got enough experience. Jalen Hurts has enough experience. Their defense has figured some things out. I think it will be a much closer game. Everybody kind of framed it as there's three good teams and then the one. Well, it's not Utah. It's Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. And there's a big difference there. So uh, either way, you got to win two games. It's a good Final Four. I mean, the Final Four is good. I would have liked to see a Utah or someone else, but they certainly didn't earn it. They blew their chance, and they weren't good enough. So the teams that weren't good enough didn't get in. Uh, I think the teams that earned their way, like Baylor, would have been fine too. I thought Baylor went toe-to-toe. Uh, but it would have been on like the third quarter, the whole three quarterback thing would not have been beneficial. The newness of being in the final four, I would have said LSU probably will boat race them. Um, but this is a good final four, I think, in college football.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about LSU, Oklahoma. You got, uh, you know, two offensive juggernauts going head to head. And it's like I was kind of said against the Georgia game with LSU. I just think LSU's offense is just so high powered that nobody can keep up with them. It doesn't matter what kind of defense you play. But, but the other side, is really intriguing Ohio State and Clemson because you know Ohio State the whole year has been number one, rightfully so in my opinion, and uh, I get it. They played a bad first half, to get, a, a bad first half against a very hungry Wisconsin team. Wisconsin came out punched them in the mouth a little bit, but guess what? Ohio State responded to adversity, yeah. and Wisconsin couldn't match. So I think that says a lot more about their team than as if they came out against Wisconsin and just blew the doors off them. So I think you know what you have with Ohio State. Dang, I thought your Badgers had it, man. I know. Hey, who are you telling, man? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was Did you really to think it, it
0: though? Like even at twenty-one nothing, I was like, no, no, there's,
2: there's uh, this is this is going to turn. Yeah. But
0: it went
1: fourteen to seven, and then Wisconsin marched right down the field and scored. It was twenty-one yeah. to seven, and when right. it was twenty-one, 21 to seven, 7 right. you were like, wait a minute. All right. mm-hmm. But then they make this. You know, every time when you're an underdog. And Alabama made this happen to everybody. Mm -hmm. When Alabama was the favorite and when someone was knocking on their door and like, hey, we're here to play today – a special team's mistake would happen. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin had the special team's mistake, and that allows the key, the other team to come steal that possession. It's really you that needs to steal that kind of possession sure. as an underdog. And when the favorite does it, <laughs> yeah. it's over. Yeah. And that's when, it, to me, that's when it was
2: Listen, over. Listen, when Jack Cohen scored two touchdowns, was breaking guys' ankles, I'm like, oh, Wisconsin's winning this game. Because <laughs> I'm seeing something I've never seen before on a Jack <laughs> right. Cohen right now. But it's a testament to what kind of team Ohio State has. And Chase Young didn't have that good of a game. Like, you know, their star Hell defensive end. The last like, held, series, yeah, he was held in check, but Ohio State's a solid team, and more props to him. But the biggest question to me, and this is going to be a great game, Clemson, Ohio State, because it's awesome. Game. Obviously, I, I can say Ohio State's been number one all year. Ohio State should easily breeze through this because Clemson. Who have they played? Yeah, you know, they, 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 but here's the Clemson. thing. They're Clemson. It's Trevor Lawrence. You know, and we're talking about the, the quarterback showdown here. Trevor Lawrence has been quiet this entire season, right? Because he hasn't been that, the Heisman guy we expected him to be last year. Remember, people were saying that Trevor Lawrence should sit out this season. Sit out and just, you know, rest yourself. When you're ready for the NFL because you're going to be the number one overall pick for sure. Well now, Trevor Lawrence is an afterthought with the Joe Burrows, you know, with the Jalen Hurts and all those guys. He's kind of an afterthought. So I'm I'm willing to I'm curious to see if Trevor Lawrence can go back to what he was last year in the playoffs and put the team on his back.
0: I I find it interesting. We I had this conversation with a buddy of mine this morning, you know, talking about Ohio State versus LSU and who got the number one. And as a Big Ten homer, I would say it pains me because I hate Ohio State so much. But yeah. I would say that Ohio State probably deserved it. Now I don't I, I I said to him the same thing he was complaining about it I said to him well they're gonna have to beat Clemson and probably LSU either way in one order or the other so what what difference does it make he said well yeah but you'd rather face just you know the one and the five I said yeah, you want you know. Whatever. I, to me, it's going to be I a great... I think it's overplayed. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it really I, matters. It really doesn't. We but, just love rankings, so we love that's to debate about true. rankings. Uh, but uh, to, to, to your point about Clemson, they haven't played anybody. I mean, they almost lost to North Carolina this year. But the, I look at it like we don't really know how... We say we don't know how good they are. We don't know how bad they are. We don't know much about them because they haven't played a great team. There's true. an entirely good possibility that they can up their game. I mean, it's Dabo Sweeney, for heck, heaven's sakes. You know, they, they could bring it. To, to Ohio State's level and give them everything they want and more. They deserve every benefit of the doubt given the fact yeah, that they've yeah. rolled and, yeah. and they've they're won undefeated. and they're undefeated. Yep. And they're
1: playing, they're playing really good football, dominating football. I think they've won six straight games by 30 or more. Mm. I mean, and and yes, they haven't played in a tough league, all the things. That's not their fault. Uh, I do think we, sh- we measure a team. I like to measure a team more from their wins than their losses. Mm. In college football, that can be very difficult to do. And yeah. I think – clemson falls into that but i don't sleep on clemson at all Mm -hmm. they know how to win this time of year Dabo has proven to have his teams ready to win this time of year whether you're playing alabama or anybody else and to me they're the preeminent they are the program right now in college football in the last handful of years Mm -hmm. because they're two and two with alabama and they're back in the dance and so Alabama's not the dance right now so uh he knows how to win big games to me it comes down to do you know how to win big games
2: a lot of does. coaches,
1: yeah. and Clemson has proven they know how to do that, and, mm-hmm. and I mean dabble, because I think it's hard, man. It's when you have a three, four weeks off, and then you've got to get ready for these games, I think it's a very difficult thing to do. This isn't just rolling into next week, and that's hard sure. enough, but when you take this kind of time off, you have to know how to manage that. It's not any – well, all these teams have kind of been through that before, I guess minus LSU, but the program has to lean on some th- people – So LSU will have to manage some of that. They'll have to manage Burrow winning the Heisman Trophy and coming off that week and all those things. That might be the most challenging thing about the Final Four, in my opinion, and about championship football and college football is that three to four week stretch where you got the holidays, you got the Heisman Trophy, you've got awards, you've got everybody talking about you, you've got practices where you don't want to overdo it, but you don't, you got to do enough. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really tough thing to manage, but my point is, Dabo Swinney knows how to manage it. Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley has not figured it out yet, right, mm-hmm. I think, or in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I think, is 0-3 in the Final Four. They have not necessarily figured that out. Ohio State traditionally knows how to do it, but Ryan Day's new at it. Yeah. So just think from a coaching perspective and the newness and, and kind of the inexperience. Holy cats, Dabble Swinney is like... He feels like a 35-year-old guy, but he might as well be a 70-year-old Bill Belichick mm-hmm. in this kind of situation mm-hmm. with his experience the last four years.
2: But at the same time, we got to remember, what LSU right now lacks in experience in this college football playoff, they make up for who they played to get there. Absolutely. Right? They, they, they have the experience of, uh, of playing Florida. They played Alabama. They played Auburn. They played Georgia. I mean, some real solid teams. I you know, think right? Ohio State falls into that category, too.
1: Penn State, yeah. Michigan,
2: Wisconsin a couple yeah. of times. But uh, to, to be fair, uh, I think LSU he was on a different plane. They but, might be, yeah.
1: but the resume shows it. No, you're,
2: yeah, you're right. I mean, they played some tough competition I mean, as well. it's a
0: one-two, and I think it's a flip of the coin of who's one, who's two. In my yeah. opinion, it really is. And and ultimately, we'll probably get maybe get a chance to see them play, which I it would be what everybody's probably hoping for. It, minus Clemson and fans. Really,
1: Oklahoma yeah. got in the final four because they
0: beat Baylor twice. I mean, they sure. are very much. Yeah, if Alabama, Alabama
1: beats
2: Auburn. Alabama's well, in there, right? They're and, they're in there. And I'll be honest, maybe. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. And I'll be honest. Oklahoma's. I mean, you were talking about the wins? I was not impressed that Oklahoma win. Anytime you let a third string quarterback, and I don't care how good, how good he was when he came out of high school, I don't care. All right, he was a third string quarterback, and Baylor took it overtime. Is two for two for 161 yeah. yards. Pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> First two passes. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Incredible.
1: Uh, you know what else? Uh, uh, I I was taken aback by a little bit, and maybe the history has shown this. But getting thumped in your – if you make it to the championship game, you don't get penalized. Mm. Think about the teams that lost. They didn't lose – like Georgia got thumped. They mm. went down to number five. Yeah. So they go to the Sugar Bowl. Now, there's a lot of jockeying, though. Wisconsin ends up losing, you could say what, Penn State go ahead of them and goes to the Rose. No, okay. didn't happen. They didn't get penalized. And I don't mind that. I just, I think they clearly stated it. And I don't know if they actually, I'm like, I don't watch a college football playoff show enough on Tuesdays to say, hey, we're not going to penalize these teams. But what they proved is they're not going to penalize teams that make it to that extra game, even if they get blasted. Yeah, uh, because you're saying Georgia could have dropped below five. Well, I think a lot of people wondered on that right. night as, as LSU yeah. continued to pound Georgia, yeah. would Florida pass right. Georgia? Absolutely. And even right. though the head to head went to Georgia, I think people yeah. wondered, would Penn State, who has a pretty nice yep. resume, they do. pass yeah. Wisconsin, right. who now has three losses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Penn State, I think, only has two, right? Correct. For yeah. sure. So would yeah. that... But, it's just an interesting deal. I don't mind it. Yeah. I just think it clearly stated. It's almost like you might as well put it as a footnote in the rules. Right. If you make
2: the, the game, we're not
1: dropping you down yeah. to 14. Right. You well, know, so they didn't do that.
2: And let me ask you this. I mean, because the first quarter of that Badger-Buckeye game, there was some indications that, wow, Ohio State might get blown out here. Like, I mean, that that's where the momentum was. Well, you wondered about
1: fields there for a second, didn't you? Like, okay, it's a
2: really big game. Yeah. But my question to you is let's say Wisconsin came out, shocked the world, and, you know, blew the doors off the Buckeyes, beat them pretty handedly. Does Ohio State still make the playoff no no matter what then?
1: I wanted to see it happen. The only thing, and I would say. I wanted to see it happen mostly because a lot of people. I think like the uh, Peter Burns, he's an SEC guy, and and it, you know, what bugs me as a neutral guy, mm-hmm. is, and I kind of tweeted this. I said it's like watching the election as a as a guy in the middle. I'm not a Republican <laughs> or a Democrat, and you watch MSNBC and you watch Fox, and you know it. You can't. It's it's it is what it is, right? Sure. It's Democrat. It's Republican. Well, if you. If you watch SEC football, then everybody's like LSU needs to be number one. If you watch the Big Ten network and right. Gus Johnson, everybody, everybody yeah. was like, "Well, that oh big." It's like, yep. can we just make a decision based and on like what we really feel like, not our affiliation? For sure. Like, can we do
2: this? And if you're the Pac-12, we'll see you next year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But but my point in that is, there's I think it was Burns who had been saying these last few weeks. Well, everybody says we don't we need expansion. Well, we don't because this was like it was a quarterfinal, and this was yeah. well the thing that would have upset that is if one of those three undefeated teams. had lost, Mm -hmm. because then you can't argue that. You can't argue that this was a semifinal game to get to the championships or the quarterfinals to get to the championships, because if Ohio State had lost it and still made the Final Four, which I believe they would have, well then... That doesn't happen in a bracket play. That's,
2: that's the chaos so theory right, right there, man. So I was waiting for a little bit of
1: that to well, happen. But there was nobody deserving ahead of Ohio State because everybody had two losses. Correct. Right, you so just so said they're they not penalizing people anyway.
0: for getting to the final championship yeah. game and then losing, but right? That's, so, that's really but that's, why I wanted someone to lose.
1: I wanted yeah. Clemson, to test the theory. Ohio State. yeah, LSU would have been a little bit different in yeah. that, but I wanted yeah. one of those to lose just to see what they would have done with it and and that would have I think helped us get to a playoff quicker. See
2: yes, I all, agree. every
1: time these things happen, it falls in the lap of the committee. Like this is perfect. Like who you can't argue this. Mm-hmm. The yeah. four teams earned their way into the final four, yeah. and you can't even argue it. It
2: took care of itself.
1: So yep. the-, the more we have that happen, which we've had happen quite a bit, there hasn't been a lot of controversy. That that's the longer we get to an 18 team playoff, mm-hmm. we're yep. not getting there or a six team or however much you want. But the more it happens like it did this year, where it just falls into the puzzle piece, the less likely we are to have an eight yep. And so I want to see the eight team. I want to see a six team or eight team or something like that. So I thought this was a bad year for that. But Ohio State losing would have benefited that a little bit, Um, which which is what I would like to see. What you got
0: coming up tonight, John? All right. Listen, you guys remember uh, early last month, early November, do you remember when that car blew through the T intersection over San Pablo and went through a fence and then went into a house and through a house and ended up in the front yard. So they started in the backyard of the house. And didn't hurt anybody. Didn't hurt anybody. There was a couple inside and miraculously they were not badly hurt. and and ended up in a yard sale in the front of this this house, right? You could see through the house to San Pablo. Incredible, right? Guess what? Happened again. Happened again to the house house next door. Oh, my goodness. The house next door. So these folks have been – there have been a number of wrecks at that intersection, as you can imagine, and so now folks are like, when is our house going to get hit? So uh, we're looking at that. We're talking to the city about what could or should be done, but it's – Ridic. I mean it's crazy, it's crazy that, and so you gotta see the the video of this, the show, the, the pictures of it and stuff, that'll all be out action
2: Jackson 5. And, if you're on that street, you better start burning some sage or something like that, try to well, get that bad juju I, I mean, out of there, do, man. do you try to put some concrete barriers up in or, there, guardrails, yeah, guardrails might help? If you, if you help. Use the sage, yeah. I, I, would,
0: I, would, I would do something like that perhaps before the sage, but that's just me. Or, okay. Or, uh, then or um, people stop driving in
1: the houses. That's Well, how I, about that as a fix? That's...
0: Yes, but you you know you can't. Ch- what is the adage? You can't change stupid or something yeah, like that. I mean, you it can't, happens. Fix you can't fix stupid. Can't fix stupid. And then we have an update on the Creekside uh, sickness saga. Some more more kids out today now again. There were. Yeah, another two hundred. Well, I, it depends on who you talk to, and uh, again. You know, how many, high how kids, many are kids are, are actually saying, John, really wants, trophy, though, how John really wants that trophy, though. <laughs> I'm saying? John really wants that trophy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, Bart, no, because Bartram, Bartram had 600 kids out on, was it Friday or Thursday? Yeah. Do
2: you think kids are looking at this and being like, oh, yeah. I think they've
0: seen Ferris Bueller's Day off. Think, that's what I, I think. think well, they, some, some are definitely taking advantage of the situation. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. So we check in on that. See what the district's doing, and uh, you know I'll get I'll give you all because uh, I know everybody out there wants to know the Bartram girls soccer update. They went down and lost to Montevideo last uh, this past Ooh. weekend. Now Montevideo, uh, no Monteverde. I'm saying Verde, it wrong. Yeah. Whatever it is, They're, it's a really really nice private school down in a, um Lake Apopka area, and uh, they they beat Bartram every year, and they did it again this year, but. Yeah. Uh, they they have a Jamaican player for the the national team, the Jamaican national team that actually played in the World Cup. Really? So in how, high school? So the Bartram girls were playing against a World Cup player. How cool Dang. is that? That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, very so, cool. Wow, anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. So, right. Anyway, so got, that's all I got. I got
1: something for you today, yeah. uh, since me. you have daughters. Um, I started my day off today with Kaylee. It was playing some game, like some word game on okay. her phone, mm-hmm. and so she says. It's like seriously, like this. I hadn't even said like hello. It's like, Dad, what's a romantic word that starts with S?
2: Oh man.
0: Uh oh. Snuggle. There you go. That's a good one. Good call, Coos. That's what Is it was. That what you came up with, Brent? I did. Decline to answer. <laughs> <You
1: did? laughs> was, was it snuggle? I said, I've got to go brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> was it snuggle? No, I don't know what it was. Oh. She, I think she kind of <laughs> probably figured out what it was because she stopped asking. Like, so yeah. she it
0: didn't it didn't rhyme with hex or something. Hey, like. Yeah. Or I was also they, gonna say, was it three
1: letters? Are we get some supple monitors on these phones? I what don't kind know of what games you guys doing? playing at that house. That's just bad parenting. You better nip that in the bud,
0: Brent. Blame it on Steph. Absolutely. Oh wow. She's home
2: with him all the time. <laughs> oh wow.
0: I mean, I that's can't like, control this.
2: Brent is refusing to take responsibility. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Bad, bad culture,
0: Brent. Don't, bad culture. Don't fire me. <laughs> Maybe you're not at home enough to model the good behavior, Brent. I'm <laughs> just saying. That might be true, too. Man. I snuggle. blame Steph. Snuggle's a very good answer. I think everybody yeah. should snuggle. Snuggle. <laughs> snuggle. All
1: right. <laughs> we come back. We get back to the NFL. What, it's a crazy NFL. Yeah.
0: A lot of snuggling
1: going on in <laughs> <on> the NFL. <laughs>
3: wow. Wow. And on that note,
0: John Bachman makes some lefts, by the way. You're dude. very hey. welcome. Yeah, the that's a right. Norwegian treat from Mama Bachman. Awesome. She was in town this weekend for uh, for a couple of performances by my daughters, yeah. and uh, she said, You want to make some lefts? I said, Yes. That's so awesome. Make a little extra for my buddy Austin, please. I'm sorry I
2: didn't get any because you're talking crap about I it. Was. It is what it is. It, got enjoy got gummy
1: bears. Yeah, enjoy your yeah, gummy bears. That's right. Man, don't forget to snuggle while watching John tonight wow.
0: <laughs> on CBS 47 and Fox wow. 30. Wow. Yeah, I don't care what you do. Just watch. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for having me.
1: Right, welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Man, a lot to get to. Uh, but we didn't even mention yet the Florida State head coach uh, oh, yeah. situation, Mike Norvell. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, there's not a ton to say. I like the hire. Uh, I mean, I think it's a good hire. It's not Bob Stoops. It's not James Franklin. It's not, they made a lot of people rich and, and more happy in the places they are. That's how coaching psycho works. I think Norvell's going to be good. I like it for Florida State. Uh, 38-year-old guy brings some energy. And, and see, that was my problem he with the He has Willie. some swag, too, a little bit, does. which it, I appreciate. He actually feels like – I I said this before, and Florida State, Florida fans will know this um, way more than me. You've, you've lived it a lot longer. But think about in the history of the programs as they've gone head-to-head and uh, that rivalry, and there's always what's the other guy doing, and that's the beauty of it. But – Think about it more recently, and Bobby Bowden was like this gentleman guy, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to rap your. It's hard not to like Bobby Bowden. He's yep. just a, a really good man. You love listening to him talk. Then you get the Steve Spurrier, who really wants to jab you, and you talk about a swag, right? He brought the swag to to Gainesville. He changed the entire football program around. Yep. But they didn't like that. wasn't They weren't the same styles, is my point. Mm-hmm. So you had Bobby Bowden, that almost grandfatherly guy. Uh, Even when he was younger, it it felt that way. And uh, Steve Spurrier, who was just jabbing, jabbing, jabbing all the time with the 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 fun talk and and not afraid of a microphone, all that stuff. Sure. Well, then you flip over to Urban, and Urban again. This is the tail end of Bobby Bowden, and Urban is just this arrogant. I'm going to rip your throat out, and I'm do anything I can to win, guy. So. The styles totally different still. Florida, Florida State, from a coaching perspective. Well, then you go through all these other changes in the last couple of years. You get Jimbo Fisher now, and Jimbo Fisher more is a little bit that snarky, arrogant type on the Florida State side, while Florida has like Jim McElwain and Will Muschamp who can't get out of their own way, at least at the times while they were in Gainesville, so they really don't even have much of an identity, and and you don't have that swagger because they weren't winning games. Well, now you welcome in Dan Mullen, and Mullen does have a swag to him. He's got Mm. this arrogance level to him. He's got that, and I don't say it in a bad way, by the way. I'd be saying that's what he brings to the table. you got to get that back, that swagger back in Gainesville. Willie Taggart was about as unassuming and quiet as you could get. So they were polar opposites as he comes in the same time against Dan Mullen. Well, that doesn't work. Well, my point of this whole story is now it feels like Florida and Florida State kind of have similar coaches. I don't know if people agree with me or not, but I think it is. I, I, I don't. I think Norvell brings that swag, sure he 'll bring that arrogance and yeah. that partly is because he 's an offensive guy. offensive guys have this arrogance to him, yeah, but I, I, I sense there 's a little bit of that with him that might match Mullins. This could be fun to watch, especially if he has some success, and we could finally get a little bit of a back and forth in this rivalry where both teams are good again. Um, but I think the styles will be really an interesting clash from Tallahassee to Gainesville.
2: Hey, speaking of swag, have you seen the picture making its rounds about when he was in college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cornrows. He's got the cornrows. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you want to talk <laughs> about swag, yeah, man? Yeah. Insane. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I think, listen, from the perspective of, you know, the other guys that were candidates, I get it. Stoops was kind of the big name. They didn't land on him. Lane Kiffin, I think, was being thrown on a little bit. He goes to Ole Miss. I think all things considered, what you had at your uh, availability, I think this is going to be a, a good, you know, it's a good, good bringing in here. And we'll see. I mean, I thought Tager was going to be a great uh, signee and we saw it happen there. But I think from a standpoint of, of the culture, of the enthusiasm that that, that guy brings, where he, I don't think he's afraid to get in your face a little bit. You know, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of the Memphis championship game and he was he was adamant on the sidelines, man, and that's something that you don't really see from Taggart that much. So from that perspective, uh, I think it's it's a great signing once again, and and I get it. You don't want to underplay it, but the swag factor, man, like bring a little swag to FSU, and I think he's going to do that.
1: Yeah, I I like the hire, and, and I will say this, and this is not a hindsight. I think if you go back and find tape of me saying it's not that I hated the hire of Willie Taggart, mm-hmm. but I certainly questioned it. And I questioned it just like I did Dan Mullen. And my question about both gentlemen, I didn't think it would go this bad for Taggart because I thought he would recruit. And if you recruit enough and you have horses, you're probably going to win enough games. that's kind of the way the game works. But I thought Mullen would win games, nine, ten games. And and we'll see this about Mullen, see if I'm right or wrong. I thought he would have the problem winning the big games. Of course. I didn't know if he could. History has shown that he's done that. Yeah. And I think. You know, again, you're talking about Spurrier. You're talking about Urban. And and I'm saying, will he be the likes of that? He's going to have to win some big games. I think it's fair to question even a Kirby Smart right now mm-hmm. after what they've done in some of the SEC championship games or in that championship game. You know, what we just said about Dabble Swinney right now, he's the hot coach because he knows how to win those games. I think this experience in this Final Four will pay off because he knows how to get his guys ready. Mm-hmm. Urban was so good at that. So, so good at that. And the great coaches are able to do that. Nick Saban, of course, uh, at Alabama. So it's one thing to get you there. But for these fan bases, for these kind of programs, what they've been, it's about winning the whole thing. Of course. And so I, I, Mullen, doesn't surprise, it surprised me he's done this this quick. He's done a fantastic job. But my question is, can he go from here to the next step? Yep. And that's what I had right from the start on him and Taggart. Mm-hmm. I thought Taggart would win more games than he did. But I didn't know how great of a coach he was. And I did question whether he could take them all the way back to where Jimbo had him and Bobby Bowden had him. So I wasn't like, yeah, this is a great hire for Florida State when Willie Taggart. And I did say this even back at the time, and I think this is the way it works. They had already – they had hit on Bobby Bowden for 40 years, and they had hit on Jimbo Fisher for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. The trend in Murphy's Law said they were going to miss on a coach sooner or later. You can't get them all right. Yeah, And so I think they did miss. Now, the biggest thing, and Florida got into this problem earlier this decade, is you can't miss twice. And God forbid you can't miss three times. But you can't miss twice because that sends you into a spiral that's really tough to get out of. Florida State missed once in a two-year period, and they feel like they're in a spiral. Yeah, Part of that is because Jimbo kind of quit on them, I think, in their last year. Mm -hmm. But can Norvell be the guy? Can he be the right guy? And I love the trade I keep hearing about him. You know, I think I've said this before. I think some of the best CEOs, coaches, leaders, whatever, are really organized people. I mm-hmm. just think it's the way it happens. And the word on the street is he is extreme. Like one of the most impressive traits he has is organization. Sure. And he runs it like a CEO. Mm-hmm. And if he has that trait, I think he's got a really good chance to be successful. I like hearing that if I'm a Florida State guy. It sounds sounds kind of silly. I, I, you've kind of figured all of them are. Yeah. But if this guy is like next level on that front, I think that really helps. Sure, he knows football. He'll be able to recruit all those things. But he knows how to run a program, and he did a really nice job of it at Memphis. I think they'll be better off because of it.
2: Yeah, you know, and we're talking about uh, Dan Mullen, and then you're talking about Willie Tager. I've said it before on the show. I was all about getting Willie Tager. Like, I was like, if you're a Florida State fan, yeah, I'd be excited. If you're a Florida Gator fan, yeah, it's Dan Mullen. You know, it doesn't really knock your socks off. It's just kind of, it's like vanilla ice cream, right? Like, yeah, we'll take it. But obviously, I was wrong, and Dan Mullen's proven so far to be a, a, a pretty good signing there. I think with what you've done now is that you you've created the buzz again. And, and for my opinion, you know, and I get it, he comes to. Coaches do that. Yeah, the new coaches do that. But I'm saying, see, Dan Mullen didn't do that for me when he went to Florida. I was yeah. just kind of like whatever. That's but fair. like, but to me, like with Norvell, yeah, I get it. Memphis is, is a smaller school and whatever. But I think just his attitude, his enthusiasm, and like I said, Brett, I can't say it enough. His swag. I think he's got it all. So I think if you're a Florida State fan, you should be pretty intrigued by everything. No, you have to hire the right guys around him as well. And he has to bring in his own people. And that has to do well as, uh, to, to be fair as well. But all things considered they made a good start with the head coach.
1: I think so too. I think it's going to be a really good hire. We'll see yeah. if I'm right on this one but I like the hire a lot sure. and uh, I, I he's already grabbed the offense coordinator from Auburn mm-hmm. and, and Odell Higgins, uh Florida State just uh, announced even though I think everybody knew that he has been named the first assistant on Norvell's staff. So Hagen's is staying on board That's smart. Uh, at Florida State. That's they love smart him because there. I mean, smart
2: he's, he has history there. You yep. know? I mean, it's kind of like at Orgeron, right? Like Orgeron had history in LSU. Yes. You see how that panned out for the Tigers. Absolutely. Uh,
1: by the way, Taxpayer Gator Bowl, I think finally, finally they got themselves a game. And I know Indiana, Tennessee doesn't say, like, ooh, I can't. Indiana, but Indiana, I'm telling you, man, they are excited and they might make the trip down. That would be a sure. good ticket. They'll be watching up there. And Tennessee is a big, obviously, draw. Rocky and they top, feel maybe. good about themselves. Yeah. So, I, listen, it's not. Unbelievable, huge, but it's a nice game. Yeah. Here in Jacksonville. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk more about that this month, 75th anniversary of the Gator Bowl. But I do think it's a good get, uh, get in Tennessee against Indiana. Back to the NFL. I promise. Next on ESPN 690.
0: The Jaguars' season has been so horrible that I am so ready for
2: 2020 to get here. I am ready for new new coaches. I'm ready for new some new players. I'm ready for new everything. I mean, this
3: franchise to me doesn't give a dang.
1: More calls from Star Star 690. Everybody upset on a Monday, and uh, rightfully so. You know, I can't. The building is just a bad place to be right now, too. It's just so bad. Winning and losing in the NFL is so bad. Winning and losing everywhere. I, I kind of think about it sometimes. Like, yeah, say, like, the Orlando Magic have had some awful seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And the b- problem with that is it's an 82 game season. I mean, that's a long year. Yeah. And you know so quick. Like, you start off 2 and 12, and you're like, oh, my God. Gosh, mm-hmm. we got sixty-eight more of these games. Yeah, or even in baseball. In we have a
2: bad baseball team.
1: I mean, it's the NFL drags on that long, but there always feels like there's some hope until you know maybe six weeks to go, like the Jags. I mean, Jags yeah. are kind of yeah some some years like um, Cincinnati and, and Miami, and and you'll have teams like that. But we we'll always say it's not built like this. It's not built to get beat by 17 plus in five straight games, especially when you were a four and four team with everything in front of you. And really, the, what magnifies things for me about the Jaguars this year is just how well other teams are doing with similar rosters and maybe not even maybe as good a, a roster. Maybe
2: worse rosters, Brent.
1: Let's i mean, be fair here. Mike Tomlin, we've talked about it. What a job he's doing coaching. You know what? They beat Arizona by six. You know, well, Arizona's not very good. I think they've now lost six in a row. Mm-hmm doesn't matter. They won the game. At Arizona. At Arizona. With a a third-string quarterback and nobody else mm-hmm. on offense.
2: Well, I mean, don't undersell it. Let's keep in mind they lost their star running back, uh, you know, two years ago in Bell. They lost their best receiver in Antonio Brown. They were a mess. Like, they're literally coming off those two big, you know, things. James Conner's been hurt. The running back that replaced Le'Veon Bell has been hurt. They're coming off all those things, Brent, and they're still winning football games with a third-string quarterback.
1: And then I'll go to teams that were left for dead: Denver. Mm-hmm. Again, they've played three quarterbacks. Yep. Cincinnati. They've played two quarterbacks. Well, Miami. They've played two quarterbacks. The Jets. they've Cincinnati's still
2: one and twelve though, but I mean, I get they've won well, one game. But. They've won one game, but they're competitive, man. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, my fair. point is they're not getting blown out by twenty a week. Good point.
1: Like, they were in that game against uh, Cleveland yesterday. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Jets and Miami, I they, listen, they're both not good. I'm not saying I want to be them. Mm-hmm. That's not the goal. But what I'm saying is those teams are making the Jags look really bad.
2: Tennessee Titans are making the Jags look pretty bad well, now, too, because that's the team that. that you model after. And now, hey, let's be honest, because the middle of October, I said when Ryan Tannehill came in against the Chargers and won that game, I said, you better watch out for the Tennessee Titans because they look like a different team with Tannehill at the helm. And you said, you're not worried about the freaking Tennessee Titans. I'm not. So now we're sitting here in December. You know, we're. hate the Titans. 14 games into the season or 13 games into the season, whatever it is. Are you believing the Tennessee Titans now? Do they have your attention? They do have my attention. Um... Oh, oh, he's so stressed. (laughs) So stressed, rubbing that neck. I appreciate it. Yeah. But you're stressed about it. I hate him. Yeah. And I hate
1: them even worse now because, like, they're not – like, to me, I look at the Titans roster
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I see I, – I would have told you uh, six weeks ago that I think it's a worse roster than the Jags. And I would agree with you. But even if you want to argue and say, you know, because they are better in spots than people want to give them credit for. They just don't have like a lot of stars. You know, Derrick Henry is obviously a good player, but they have some good offensive linemen. Of they can be tough. Their style of play, they have an identity all the time, win or lose. Yep. So th- some of those things. So th- they find ways. And so they're not like a putrid roster, but they're not far off, is my point, from the Jags roster. Correct. Fair enough. I mean, Very fair. fair enough.
2: And then, then they play the same style of football, or at least they try well, to. Well, they try We're, to. The if they do it a hell of a lot better. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, because we don't know what the hell style of football yeah. the Jags are trying to play. Correct. Other than against air. Yeah. Um, they look like air. Mm-hmm. If they, they look invisible. Sure. Um, but anyway, the Titans, to me, are like the one that magnifies this the most. Because the Titans, what have they now won? Six out of seven or seven out of eight? I mean, yeah. they were back in, they were three and four or four and four or something like that back at the time the Jags were four and four. And the Jags had beaten them. And look what they've done. And yes, you have to give a ton of credit to Ryan Taniel. I think they've now scored 40 points plus in three games this year. And I think they've scored 30 plus points in four straight games. So they are doing, some, Derrick Henry's fantastic right now. He's a contract year. He, you know what? I think Derrick Henry won't get this. But you have to start to wonder if he's out all in the conversation for MVP. Mm. Yeah. I mean, could you – I thought about that today. This, it sounds a little outlandish, right? Sure. And I get it. I mean, there's there's Lamar Jackson and there's Russell. I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP. But I what would say – he's been able to
2: do to will his team to victories. I
1: would say with guys like Michael – like those fringe guys that nobody – you know they're not going to win it. Mm-hmm. But you put them in the conversation like the Michael Thomases of the world. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder – If a guy – like I don't even know what his numbers are overall, but I'm just telling you his impact on that football team and given the identity and what he said. I think he ran for three straight weeks, 145 yards plus. I don't think he got to the 145 yesterday. So, I mean, Derrick Henry has been unbelievable for them. So I I guess that to me is the big – It magnifies it that it's Tennessee because I don't like Tennessee. It magnifies it to me because their roster, I know for a fact, is not that much better than the Jags. So what it does to me is say, Mike Vrabel is out-coaching your ass here in Jacksonville in a big-time way, and that roster that's full of players that probably are just as good as you are out-playing you here in Jacksonville, too, to the tune of they've won seven out of eight or six out of seven, and you've lost five in a row, and they are now leading the division and probably the favorites to win the division after Houston got spanked by the Denver Broncos, G-Rock. which was
2: crazy. So listen to these numbers real quick. You talked about Derrick Henry being an MVP candidate, and when you said that, I was like, well, hold the yeah, phone. I know. Every, like, everybody but, out there said it, too. But check this out, though. Very interesting. Uh, as far as rushing touchdowns, tied for first with 13, tied with Delvin Cook right now. And as far as rushing yards are concerned, second in the NFL with uh, 1,243, only behind Nick Chubb, 1,281. Second in the NFL in rushing right
1: now. And Dalvin Cook, by the way, has been mentioned on that fringe MVP candidate yes, guy. Well,
2: and so is Chris McCaffrey for a little bit but, until they started to falter. That's right. Yeah. And, so and he's
1: beating Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry should be in the MVP conversation.
2: And, then, there, and there I, I, I agree it. with you. And also, Mike Vrabel, defensive-minded coach. There you go. He is. I'm just saying, I mean, I think we have to give credit to Mike Vrabel as well. I think he's done a pretty good job with oh, he what he, he was does, presented. That's my point of this yeah.
1: conversation. I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. Again, they do not have – They, in my opinion, they've got like – let's just uh, be very general and say the 16th best roster in the league. Sure.
2: And that, and that may be generous. It might be. <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: again, they have gotten – got, I, I said this last week, I think. Uh, I might have said it on TV. I can't remember. But Tannehill is doing exactly what the Jags hoped Nick Foles would do when he came back in at 4 and 5. Yeah. And Tannehill, whatever he took over now, whatever that is, he leads the NFL in passer rating. Mm-hmm. He has changed his career. He has changed the Titans this year. Now, the Jags could – the AC South could get a little bit of a break, depending on how much you're a believer in Tannehill. You know what Titans are going to be forced to do is give him a contract. Bring struck time. Yeah. Give him a contract. And you still it's like it's still Ryan. You know, so I think going forward, that doesn't scare you. But I'm saying right now he has done a tremendous job. Sure. And I think Vrabel and Tannehill deserve a lot of credit. And it just again, I, I use the word magnify because these other places that I see playing Pretty good football, competitive football. And then you have the Jags. There's nobody like the Jags just getting beat like they are. I say the second most disappointing team right now might be the Colts because the Colts about five weeks ago looked like they were going to run away with the division. They were like five and two at one time and they had winnable games. I think they lost to Miami or something. Yep. Right? And then Venatieri missed uh, the Pittsburgh kick. So they went from being maybe a seven and two team to a five and four team. Then they've lost three games in a row now. Six and seven right now. So they too are very disappointing, I would yeah. think, uh, considering where they were, uh, you know, about six weeks ago. Much <laughs> like the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's crazy. The NFL is so crazy, so crazy that the Denver Broncos go in and thump Houston. I mean, wow, thirty-one to three at halftime. Yeah. But why can the Denver Broncos, who they have every reason to not play good football? Derek Wolfe's gone. Uh, Bradley Chubb's been gone for a long time. Joe Flacco didn't work out. They were losing left and right. And they've rescued their season. Yet the Jaguars lose the fifth straight game by 17 points or more, not even in it. It's over at halftime. It's embarrassing. So, again, to me, it's more about comparing them to other teams and not the Ravens, not Seattle, not San Francisco, not New England, not those kind of teams. Compare them to the bottom feeders and look where this team is this year. And I don't know how that doesn't come back on the coaching and the culture and the building and all that stuff. It just has to.
2: Yeah, and it's like you said, the, the NFL is designed to have close games, right? Like, it's, there's a reason when odds makers make their predictions, usually it's going to be like a 3-point, 4-point spread. Now, when the Patriots played the Dolphins to start the season, yeah, it was like a 10-whatever, 14-point spread, and I get that. They were but, big ones. But now let's look at the Dolphins, 3-10 and 10 right now. And uh, and I made fun of South Beach Gary for saying that the Dolphins were going to have a better record than the Jaguars. I'm nervous right now, Brent. I'm shaking in my boots because it could very well pan out like that. It's just you don't see this. Like there, there are ebbs and flows in seasons. There's ups and downs all the time, right? Patriots got beat last night uh, to the Chiefs and everything. It happens, but for the Jaguars to just take this landslide down, and when I say landslide, I'm being kind because the way they're getting blown out, game after it's game, it's an avalanche. You just it is an avalanche, and you just don't see that. The NFL is not designed to do that. It's just, it's I, I don't I don't know how to say it, man. It's it's. it's, it's
1: <laughs> that's crazy. I would just say though, if I'm Shad Khan, if I'm looking at this, mm-hmm. I, that's to me a bigger red flag than anything. The, all these teams were in the same situation. Yeah, the Jags hadn't beaten anybody. Yeah, they weathered the storm of Ramsey and and Minshew playing instead of Foles and all that stuff. Yeah. But they were in the same situation as all these teams and in a better situation than probably Pittsburgh at the time, Miami at the time, the Jets at the time, the Denver Broncos at the time.
2: Even the Rams. Remember when we asked the question, did Jalen Ramsey make a mistake by going to a team that's lesser than the Jaguars? We said, yeah, the Jaguars look pretty good right now. The Rams are kind of spaltering.
1: Where are we at right now? Good point. Not
2: even close.
1: So... and, and, and by the way, this is, it's go time part of the year. We said that back in November. I mean, we knew that stretch, yeah. but November football and early December football, that's go time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I take a look at what I have and I say that and I weigh them against these teams that are in the bottom and where they've gone in the last month and a half and where our football team has gone. If I'm the owner, I'm just like, that drives me more nuts than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it 's not that i couldn 't keep up with listen, everybody knew at the start everybody had them seven and nine, eight and eight, nine, and seven, right sure, so nobody said this was a thirteen and three football team, a fourteen and two football team Keep it keep it real sure so i don 't mind if you don 't compare them to the new Englands, the Kansas City chiefs, to the Seattle, all those teams that 's fine. But when you compare them to the to the lower half, the lower third of the NFL, and what has gone wrong in these last five weeks, that's why I started the show today. And said I just don't understand how we can be now at five sixteen on a Monday mm-hmm. and nothing has changed. Like this is okay. It's okay to lose by seventeen or more every game in the NFL. The Jaguars are the the week of the college football season before rivalry week. They are the cupcake. Mm-hmm. They are the you the get right game. They are the get-right game for the L.A. Chargers. Phillip Rivers was having an awful season. He's in a funk. He's playing bad. Well, they fixed that, and he didn't have to play the freaking fourth quarter.
2: Brent, look at the Panthers. They, they, they lose their quarterback. They face of the franchise in Cam Newton. They roll out a guy by the name of Kyle Allen, who I never even heard of, until he came, came out on the field and started having some success. And they fire Ron Rivera. You know, they're 5-8 and eight right now. You know, I mean, Now,
1: they've hit the tank, too.
2: They, they hit the tank a little bit, but let's be honest, man. What they have at his disposal, of, as far as talent's concerned, yeah, it's the Christian McCaffrey show. But you lose Cam Newton, um, and they had some other injuries as well. And you fire Ron Rivera when you did. I mean, you're, you're setting a precedent. And also, their GM was it the GM that came out at, right after they fired Ron Rivera, went on Twitter and did like this live interview thing of why they're firing him. Here's the direction we're going. And they're five and eight, Brent. And th- I get it, they're tanking, but it's not Jacksonville Jaguars tanking. It doesn't feel like it, although
1: they're in a bad stretch. i there are a couple of teams in a bad stretch. They're in a bad way right now. Um, uh, I'll tour around the NFL real quick. Patriots, sure. two in a row. Ah, I love it.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you're eating this up.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I had to, like, rib the people back home a little bit, so on Facebook <laughs> I put I, – I didn't know how to phrase it at first, but I just said – uh Ah, it's too bad the Patriots are complaining about a couple of bad calls. You know, <laughs> fantastic. And they're like, so they sent so me links. So yeah, They sent me links to the Jags records. Like, I knew it was coming, but that's fine. Yeah. Because they're so pissed off in New England right now. They don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. Because there's a couple of things happening in New England. One, they didn't get calls, which for the first time in two decades, they didn't get a call mm-hmm. yesterday in the game. And they should have, but they didn't get the call. The other thing is they can see it clear as day. Mm-hmm is whether it's Tom or the offense or whatever, they don't have the goods this year and they know it. And when was the last time New England has said, my gosh like we don't even have a chance to win the Super Bowl we're not good enough. We're just not good enough. This has been seven weeks of this now this isn't like two weeks. It's been seven weeks where we're lucky probably to have a couple more wins than we already have yeah. Um, or could have had losses. So I think it's hitting them and I love it and I hope it continues to hit them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right now they're sitting second place in the AFC. Still have the home field advantage until they get to maybe the the final here with most likely the Ravens. We'll see the, the, the Ravens, man, and Lamar Jackson. I think I get it. There's a couple weeks left in the NFL, but I think he cemented himself as MVP. Um, I, I think he's that impressive. Well, These
1: next three weeks will play that out though, because Russell Wilson's been very, very good. But I think we, just because he yeah, lost last night. I mean, again, I mean, my point is you're probably feeling a little bit more like that because of. Russell Wilson was was not great last night. Seattle wasn't great, but what if he is next week and Baltimore stumbles?
2: I'm just feeling like no one's gonna be. Uh, no one can beat Baltimore consistently. I mean, maybe a team gets lucky. Yeah, but I, I think Baltimore I, is the real deal. I think
1: you're probably right. By the way, I think Lamar just kind of like. Even if even if Russell Wilson, if you put their numbers against him and you want to make a case for him, I just think he's been like Mahomes was the talk of the NFL last year. Correct. Jackson has been the talk of the NFL this year. And I think it's going to go. It's kind of like the Heisman Trophy. Sometimes the Heisman Trophy that's a little different this year. But some years you have the Heisman Trophy and like by mid-October or late October, like that guy's winning, that guy's winning. Well, then in November, his numbers fall off and other people start to catch up. But they still give it to that guy because the narrative was set. The yeah. guy that that had it won in October. Well, it kind of feels, Lamar, people have been talking about him and talking about him and talking about him. I think even if the numbers do fall off a little bit, or if it's a loss or so, or if it's really close, I think people are going to lean and give that intangible, that to the, the new star of the league, and give him the MVP award. And by yeah. the way, well-earned. I'm, I'm not saying <clears throat> giving it to well, him. Well, it was an well impressive
2: earned. win against the Bills, you know, and I, I got to watch that game and... um Listen, the Buffalo Bills are a tough team and if I'm going to make any prediction about next season about a different team than the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to make this right now. I think the way the Buffalo Bills are going, I think they're going to copycat and try to be just like the Baltimore Ravens because they have the offensive guys to do it. The only thing they're missing right now is maybe one or two good tight ends. They have that the kid from um, Ole Miss, the Knox kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's good, but they need more tight ends. But I think if you look at Josh Allen, you look at the way their defense is set up, you look at the coach, be a defensive-minded guy, I think you're going to get another like clone of the Baltimore Ravens the Buffalo Bills
3: hello what's, up, what's up, Stuart jumping in uh, can we talk about Hayden Hurst having apparently the highest speed of an offensive player for the Ravens on his long touchdown yesterday there you go. Did he really? 20 and a half miles per hour impressive that catch. apparently was the uh, the highest speed all season for a Ravens offensive player I think the best part I don't know if you saw his tweet. and yeah, had to apologize for the celebration.
2: Oh, yeah, jump in the stands a little bit? I guess apparently awesome. head-butted he, a guy. he headbutted
3: a guy by yeah. accident.
2: Well, it was just like, he. I mean, he's excited, man. Yeah, he jumps in yeah. the stands and it accidentally... said buy him a
3: Christmas gift. Yeah. There you, go. There hey, you
2: by,
1: go. Finally, they got the ball to him. I mean, Hayden's been frustrated because yeah. they cool. got Mark Andrews and they have... Uh, Boyle. Boyle. but they yeah. have, I mean, really feeding Mark Andrews. Yeah. And Hurst is involved in playing, but just not catching a lot. So I think he had three for 73 yesterday yep. in that yep. touchdown. Yep. So good to see him have a game. I and
3: hopefully that... That you know, speed that he showed says, Hey, maybe we can use this guy a little bit more. I I'm would sure.
1: think so. And and again, tight end I we did this exhibition last week. And what I learned this decade is young tight ends don't blossom right away. Usually you're in the league for three, four, or five years before you become like Pro Bowl tight end. I, I mean, I think the book had been written early because we always did that to players. So Josh Allen's not gonna be a pro bowler next year? No. Oh no. Okay.
2: You no, know, a phantom man. But no, all, and, all and, aboard the and, hype train.
1: Fan now so not, but because what did I say, Brent? Right, you cannot teach a four-four. Did you watch him against Houston? Mm. Now listen, I, mean, I love I, I, it. Oh, they all have to do more. But, but yeah. aren't those? But isn't that a great illustration, though, of like, we buried fan? It's like what a bust. Yeah, you yeah. know we've already buried Hawkins, and he hadn't made a big impact. Yeah. Now we said that around draft time. Very buried, few young yeah. guys come in and make an impact at the tight end spot. Mm-hmm. But. Now these guys are starting to come to life a little bit later on in the year. And, and I think, I, listen, I still think Aiden Hurst, you don't do those kind of things. You're not picked in the first round sure. without having that potential. He's got a crowded room. There's some of, that's some of the problem. I mean, yeah. shoot, the more and more you look back and, and maybe the Jags should have made a run at him. You know, yeah. because they sure as hell could use somebody.
2: Of course. And well, that's the thing, too, is it's definitely a run first offense as well. So and when I say make a run at him, I mean make move, a trade yeah, move up a couple yeah. spots. No, don't I get Tim Bryan and get yeah. him instead. And like, yeah. not only if you're, hey, Nurse, are you the third string option from a receiving standpoint, but you're also the third string tight end. You know, like it is what it is, man. But I guess when he gets his opportunities, he's going to shine. But it's like I said, Brent. If you're a first-round guy and you have the speed, to me the speed's the most important thing. I, I truly come from the philosophy if you're going to be a draft pick, a first-round guy uh, at the tight end position out of college, and maybe you're not the best blocker. You know, TJ Hawkinson was uh, you know, hyped up because he's a good blocker, he's a good receiver. I get that. But if you're a freak athlete, if you're like a Vernon Davis type where you can run a 4-4 four, four man, you got a vertical, you can jump out of, the, uh, out of the combine. I think that's something special because eventually guys can teach you how to block, but they can't teach you how to run really, really fast. Wish uh, they could.
1: I, right? <laughs> that would be good. I'd really right. come back if they could. You can't teach speed. Uh you can teach people about tequila, like feed a of Louis tequila. It's happy hour one time.
3: Beautiful ladies marching. In. There's enough for everyone to win. We're gonna make this party the best thing I've made oh, This is my favorite place. Nothing right will replace. No. Nothing. Anything goes. In the dancers rolling, happy smiling. And so oh, I think yeah. of the rhythm Why
2: Grab a drink, get a shot, get another shot, take one more if you want it, and have one more. I'm sure you guys need it. Sound and uh, tip your start tenders.
1: Uh, that's about as good advice. Please don't drink and drive. Yeah. Uh, drink responsibility, but we all could use them these yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> um, be a lot of consumption in December. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of consumption last night. Brandon <laughs> saw the parking lot. Oh man, Vida Deloitte recently got a 98 rating. So if you are going to consume. How about a little Vita de Louis, Locally on tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. Vita de com, The place to go. We're going to take a time out. We come back. Uh, more guys Talk. A couple other NFL topics, too. NFL is uh, wild and wacky. Just stay in your lane. Maybe we'll drop in a ballin' and fallin'. Got to mention a uh, pretty cool local story coming out of the weekend. I uh, want to get that in. And... Uh, Anything to uh, make some sense of the Jags or not talk about the Jags? That's my debate internally right now. I'll figure it out by the time we come back. <laughs> Next on ESPN night.
0: You don't need to fire the coach or the coordinators. They're not the ones playing. The players are just awful. That's all there is to it. you got to get you some good, decent players. doesn't matter how good your coaches are if the players
2: stink. Oh, that's all I got to do.
1: Finally, a guy that blames something on the players.
2: We'll fire all the... <laughs> that was pretty last night, don't lie. And say it wasn't. Is that you last night calling it? <laughs> yeah, in? that was me calling it was. Yep, trying to scound your voice a little bit. I'm on to you. little uh, voice changer. I'm on to you, man. My voice is changing anyway. I'm on to you. Got a little... Um,
1: starting to get... Starting to get it. I, I got... To, yes, I you jinxed are.
3: myself last week. To stay away from Creekside. And then stay away from us. Yeah. I I, uh, I kind of like it. I go a little deeper here. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> got a
2: little bass in your voice. A little bass. A little it,
3: Marvin Gaye coming at you. It was good cuz I was uh, so I was shooting the game down on the field yesterday. Yeah. And I sent out a tweet at the exact moment when I was like this feels like about the time Brent Martineau will be tweeting out sending your calls to star star 690 <laughs> for your frustration. Now you beat me to it? I yeah. did. I I knew it was coming like ah, I got to tweet this out. Yeah. And I, people agreed. They are frustrated. I said uh,
1: my last tweet of the night last night was, I have no emotion. And that's, oh, wow. And that's the worst part. <laughs> that's the worst place to be. I wish I would have saw that one. That's, no pl- uh, that's the worst place to I be. I would have had an
2: emo gif so ready for you if you would have said that when I saw it. Oh, man. I'm bummed. that well, you should stay it. up past 9 o'clock? I do. I just don't go out on Twitter past 9 <laughs> o'clock. Nothing to see there. But <laughs> I was like, I was long in bed. No, yeah. I was actually watching Frozen. Oh, yeah. I was Frozen, too. It was good, man. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: frozen 2, <Great>. still frozen.
2: <laughs> Great. Better than the first one? No. Okay, that's all I had to hear. Did then then we're not going some, as a family. Did you take
1: some nieces or nephews
2: or something? My, my girlfriend wanted to go, yeah. <laughs> Olaf, do, is Olaf going hard in that one? Olaf, yeah, they really like honed in on, on Olaf. Oh, then maybe, okay, I'm intrigued again. Will you go? Ah, probably not. My my son hasn't really been talking about it, so it's it's more on him. I'm not gonna go for my amusement. (laughs) Like I mean, I'll 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 check out some Disney movies and Pixar movies, but Frozen, to be fair, and I'm probably gonna get some criticism here. Never really did it for me. No, no. Let
1: it go. Let it go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Let it go. Made Frozen.
3: Yeah.
2: Don't you think they they
3: really threw out a bunch of songs? Like they went for it. I'm trying to find that, but that doesn't seem to have. Well, that one stuck. Like yeah. This one
1: doesn't seem to have that that tune, right? No, but they oh, tried. They, they try. tried like three or four
2: <laughs> different ones. Yeah. Try bring, to it back, bring it back. Bring it back.
1: They should just have to let it go again.
2: Yeah. Bring it back. A little remix. Keep letting it go. Keep letting the, it go. Little, 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 little <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> a little nice. I going to have a little knock remix. <laughs> Oh, Brent, what the, what, people don't like making money, man. It's crazy, it's right? Unbelievable. Man, you would be billionaires by now. Why don't you do that, man? You'd be Why don't I do that? We could have oh. brought that all to that
1: elementary school. They'd all be singing Old Town Road again.
2: Bring it back. Oh, we're on the same page with that. Like it, been Brent, Monday. I know. Chemistry is working. People don't like making money, I guess. Here at Action Sports
1: jacks on ESPN 690. It it's is obviously it is. not working at Jags headquarters. <laughs> oh, dear. I spit right there a little bit. You're good, man. Um... I got a couple other things to get to. Screw the Jags for now. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I actually apologized, uh, uh, to, <laughs> I saw some of the PR guys. I was like, I apologize for everything I'm tweeting right now. <laughs> but I can't, I, I'm like at a loss. Yeah. I well, do, do you
3: like being like, the PR guy? You best though, to bro. tweet through your feelings. Yes, you mean, can't
1: sugarcoat anything anymore, man. How do you like being the PR guy? Not that man? I try to no. sugarcoat, but I'm is just there, saying.
2: Is there any worse, like, least valuable job right now than being, like, the Twitter guy for the Jacksonville <laughs> 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 Every Wars? Yeah, every point. single thing, thing you tweet a, out, your ratio is just going to be broken. Yeah, that's like, true. Up, here we go. Bring that's it on. That's a tough win. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want to do that. I the that's
3: a very good call. Like, what a fake punt. And then replies, No replies or something. <laughs> man because they're going
1: through it right now we should check on the, the, the reply did the, the tweets like i checked
3: re- i checked the replies just for just oh, yeah, to it's see what, best. just to see the hilarity yeah. but
1: like the only thing i think you can tweet right now is like the pro bowl vote stuff so like lambo hits a field goal and yeah. then bam it'll be the see, pro but, bowl vote and see, then but even Fortnite, when they
3: do that the yeah. problem is they send out their their joint one with all the guys on it yeah and like one of them is linder and then no matter how well-intentioned it was to put a little bit of everything on there all the replies are like, I will not retweet this. They've actually been pushing Linder. Linder's part of their group, group one that they send out well, with like 10 he, guys. Well, on he it. does have the most stats out of any offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're just holding penalties. You know his name. <laughs> it's not a good look.
1: Uh, a couple of things going on in the sports world. Uh, you know the name Peter Freights that uh people, I think, kind of know the name. When I tell you the story, you'll know a little bit more. Uh, he passed away today, age of oh, 34, yeah. um, ALS, mm-hmm. battling Lou Gehrig's disease, and battled it for a while. Helped raise over $200 million for ALS and uh, very uh, front and center in in the battle against ALS. But the ice bucket challenge was a yep. big deal uh that was uh that was a great initiative you know and got so much awareness. you talk about a, a an initiative that brings awareness to things and uh, they helped start that and Peter Freites yeah. was part of it um I remember we did it actually you know you get you challenge somebody else to do it of course and uh, so we had uh Paul Poleszni actually. Dump the cool water cooler at uh, practice. Okay. After the game, didn't even affect them at all. I mean, after sure. the practice, I'm sure, oh, no. you, I'm
2: sure you just embraced it. Yeah, yeah.
1: just embraced it. But yeah. uh, but th- those were kind of it made something fun for a good cause and raised a ton of money uh, in the process. And that was a hot thing a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he passed away. But what a legacy to leave, man! Yeah. Raising two hundred million dollars uh, for that dreadful disease, and hopefully Incredible. they continue to find. Uh, find uh, solutions to that uh, dreaded disease uh, a couple other things going on i actually watched an mma fight i know i'm proud of you busted man lip. i was yeah. up like so i told the story off air but stewart tells me down the sports office he's like hey if you really want to balling and following you doing today yeah um i said i don't know we don't sometimes get to sometimes, it on off and on, but uh, he said if you want to impress austin mm-hmm. i was like first of all i don't care if i impress austin but as you said man, so and i don't know
3: the names of the guys yeah so, alistair overeem is the one who uh who God everyone the, knows now yeah, yeah. and so so, it's also the easier of the two to pronounce and then it's R- R- rosenstruck if i'm not mistaken I think that's yeah. right yeah
1: but anyways i knew the reference because he said the busted lip well i actually stayed up and watched that fight yeah watched all five rounds of that thing yeah and with four seconds to go,
2: man, yep. that was entertaining. Like, that was straight out of Rocky. Yeah. it was. So, I mean, basically what you had was... Except you, it was MMA, but... Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the same, same principles, and I'm glad you watched them, man. Yeah. I, I'm i actually sending a tea over here for you. I didn't watch any golf, so sorry to disappoint you. The one
1: thing, I'll say this about MMA, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. No, you're good. Here's the thing. Like, even if I'm a very casual observer of MMA, mm-hmm. the great thing about it is you can watch it in a half hour. Sure.
2: Yeah, especially like, like, the, like the main at, card at, at most. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah.
1: if you if you're just locked, I'm mean, I'm not watching 12 fights. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I was watching just that one came on, I'm like, you know what? Before I go to bed, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, and sometimes it will end in a minute. Sometimes it'll be three rounds. But this one went the distance all the yeah. way up until four seconds to go.
2: Yep. So uh, funny thing. So the the odds for that fight to go the distance plus two thousand seven hundred and forty. Really? Yeah.
3: Two heavyweights. Two knockout guys, artists, yeah. You, you expect that one not to, and it was five rounds too because it was the main event, right? Correct, yep. even it though it wasn't a championship rounds. event, and, yeah. and so, but it didn't go the distance, it didn't go the distance, it no. Not. So, <laughs> well, I <I'm laughs> sure no that.
2: um, oh, that'd, uh, that'd be an awful bad beat. <laughs> <laughs> bad oh, beat. That'd be such a bad <laughs> and, beat. And you want to talk about how bad you feel for Oreem there. And like the, the biggest thing on Twitter after it was, well, the ref should have stopped it, you know, the fight should have kept going. There's like four seconds left. I get that, but we got to remember what happened there. So Overeem gets knocked down, wasn't unconscious, that was clear. But when he got back up, he turned his back to his opponent and stumbled on the cage. And when you do that, the ref's going to see that and say, well, you know what, he can't defend himself. I don't care how much time's left, you can't defend yourself. So unfortunately, I thought it was the right call, but at the same time, if Overeem just would have stayed down, because his opponent turned his back yeah, on him. time would have run out. Yeah, but Rosny had turned his back, and he thought it was a walk-off knockout. And it wasn't. So if Overeem would have just stayed down, put the ego aside, and I get it, it's hard, man. Because when you get, and I've been there, when you get knocked down, same thing happened against Hardy. Where you get knocked down, it's your natural instinct. Well, oh, I, I shouldn't be here. i got to stand back up as fast as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he, he got lucky. And when you do that, then your stuff will get hit again. And unfortunately, Overeem turned his back, and fight was called off.
3: It's Very a interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Brutal. That's, uh, the, that could the be picture the ju- The picture, though, tells, tells oh, many, many uh, ways. We didn't just... even say it. He
1: busted his yeah. lip. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, like, completely busted his lip. Yeah. Like,
3: it, the gash ended up
2: being, like, over an inch. <laughs> almost up to his nose. Yeah, really. like, but almost it, up it, to his it nose. It goes from it's, his lip to his nose. And sh- if you've ever picked your lip uh, before, ever had a canker sore, it hurts. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and expedite this. that by 100 Maybe $100 million, and that's how much pain he was in. And he's still smiling, by the way. Yeah, he's, a, a, he's a warrior, man. Yeah. He's a warrior. I mean, he's had over 60 MMA fights, yeah.
3: even more K-1. We were talking about that yeah. from the old days. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's been fighting his
2: whole life. How old uh, is he?
3: Uh, I think you know? he's in his 40s. He's got to be in his 40s stick. now. Oh, my yeah. goodness.
2: Yeah.
1: How long will that take to heal? Will he need surgery on that lip?
2: Yeah, that's a plastic surgery. Even plastic deal. surgery. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Orwell, he's 39 years old right there now. Wow. Yeah. Can you retire, please? He's, some people are just built like that. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Not to mention that as of October, he was sixth in the UFC heavyweight ranking. So he's still yeah, up still there. very much. In a and factor. this was an up and coming undefeated guy who Rosenstruck who beat him. So. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. he could pack a punch. He yeah. Can. But now I just see Rosenstruck also called out Francis Ngannou. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck Careful. with that. Careful. Um, I mean, he's coming off some good ones. He had like a, a
3: six-second knockout. He knocked out Arlovsky in under 30 seconds before this fight. So, hey, that that fighting
2: be, a silverback rule. Be careful. <laughs>
1: that could be fallen. Uh, Ballin, uh, I want to give
3: a shout-out to Flagler uh, Women's Soccer. Yeah, on yeah to the, made
2: Final it to the Final Four. We
1: had them on last week. Yep, they that was won fantastic. Friday, they won Sunday, I saw so they're going to the Pittsburgh. Tour. By
3: the way, convincingly, 8-2 to two and 4 to nothing in their two games. Uh, they smoked those other teams. No one said it had to be close, I guess. No, Jeez. I guess not. So off to the Final Four for
1: Flagler Women's Soccer Program. Congratulations, to them. By the way, Bowles plays in the state championship game on Wednesday, so uh, we'll have more on that coming up in the next couple of days. We have one more segment to go. Maybe a little stay in your lane to start a Monday. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. If not, go to the archives. Talk to (laughs) the Jacks. Next on ESPN 690.
0: It's about time to sell the team. Give everybody in Jacksonville $1,000 for emotional damages spanning at least 10 years. Make Jacksonville teamless again
3: 2020 not a good move buddy a thousand dollars though
1: can you imagine not having a football team
3: i wouldn't like that be a tough show would we leave markets would would you change markets that's the question eventually wrestling talk then wrestling talk all the time no no, for me you don't have to
1: be here that's fine that's all right I'll, I'll go ahead and take over wrestling uh was here saturday wasn't it
2: WWE was, yeah, WWE yeah. Was. Yeah, yeah yeah i didn't go i was watching the badgers game it was uh
3: mcintyre yeah. versus the fiend in a cage match for the main event really yeah. did you go
2: no oh you're you're all <laughs> Bud- in
3: but buddies of mine were uh we're snap, you know snapping it and yeah instagramming it and all that fun stuff i'm I'm all in you're all in on all elite wrestling
2: oh no i follow wwe too Actually, I just got a WWE t-shirt. I can wear it tomorrow if you want to see it. But that was the non-TV show, right? It was. Is that it, how that it works? was it's called like the WWE main event. So yeah, it's uh, they call it like a house show. Yeah. So they don't actually air it. You just, if you're a fan, you can go watch it. There you go. Yeah. That's
1: why I didn't know the results. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to would I change <laughs> markets? Uh, if I had to talk wrestling, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> More for me. that's fine. I'm just messing with you. Hopefully, the Jaguars don't go anywhere.
1: They're not going anywhere. But people that call in like that on Star Star 690 say they would rather not be there. To be fair, it's right
2: after the game. game. You're emotional. People were emotional. We want the emotions. You you, you even said you were like an emo kid and you didn't have any kind of emotion. That's true. You were broken. We were all broken. We are broken. We are broken.
1: But I want to try to fix it. Yeah. How the hell are you going to fix it? I have no idea. Sure. Uh, still trying to figure that out. They've been trying to figure that out a long time. The only thing, see, I see a bunch of different things going around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, people still believe it in Minshew or people believe in foals or don't believe in foals or people say it's the front office. People say it's the coaches. What what all that says to me is, is you get feedback over these last m- month and, and wherever you go and people will give you different reasons. Is It's time to not necessarily blow up the roster, mm-hmm. but sweep it out and start over in terms of. Whatever you're trying to build. Because when you make it through an entire season and you don't have an identity, well, something's broken. And so that starts top-down, starts in that building. And then, again, you're not going to get rid of all 53 players. And there are some good players, I believe, on this team. But you've got to find a better fit for those players. You say it all the time, right? I mean, you've got to find the fit for the players. Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing that's working for the players right now. This fit certainly isn't working for these players. But... It's all broken, and, and there's no denying that. And, and so you, I, I could hear seven different excuses, or not excuses, but r- problems and reasons for the problems. And y'all might be right, mm. you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. And what it adds up to is a refresh, a restart in 2020. And that's why I'm convinced that's going to happen from the top down, from Tom Coughlin down. I, I don't think Tom Coughlin will be here to make those decisions. I'll be surprised if I'm wrong with that.
2: No, for sure. And listen, brother, I think you said, I wish I had the answers myself, but unfortunately, that's out of my pay grade. Now, if the Jaguars do want to pay me for those yeah, services, yeah. More, more than $1,000. I, I, can, uh, I can offer some you know, expertise. Spoiler alert, we're going to be running the wishbone this year if you can if if bring me on. Okay? It's going to be running the Witchbone, and when we go with uh, the wide receiver sets of you know, wide receiver on one side, wide receiver on the other side. Turn those guys in tight ends, okay? And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to win a lot of games that way. I did say last night
1: on TV, I said I would just hand the ball to Leonard Fournette every play of the remainder of the season because I think he's earned it. Sure. I don't want to see anything else. I want Leonard to get more yards and pad the stats. I'd like DJ Charco though, by the way, if you heard today, I think I told you, but out on a scooter yesterday leaving the locker room, Mm -hmm. says day-to-day, week-to-week, wants to play this week according to the conference call with Doug Marone. Not sure that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get into those kind of iffy situations. You have got to be a little careful Long when it's ahead. Mean. So, but anyway, I'd like to see him get to 10 touchdowns. You know, I'd like yeah. to see some of these What's guys get now? some marks. He's at eight, eight, but he's been kind of quiet now yeah. these last few yeah. weeks because yeah. the, well, the whole, cause whole the offense team has. has yeah. 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 So, well, he had actually had 75 yards yesterday, mm-hmm. but just getting in the end zone has been been pretty quiet. <laughs> so, you'd like to see these guys finish off uh, the individual seasons that have been good. You know, Calais Campbell jumped to number 88 now in yeah. sacks uh, in. In history, uh, which is pretty cool. Almost into the top 50. One more will get him into the top 50 all time. So he knocks on the door of 100. I gotta his that's got to believe that
3: 88 of, got him to 51st. 51st. Yeah. Yeah. He said he was up to 88. But yeah, I, I put it together for him. Yeah.
2: I don't know. It's math, man. You're hurting my head. I don't know. You you lost me.
3: Don't look at me, bro He's just outside the top 50 with 88 career sacks. Hey, do you okay. have stay in your lane? I have because stay in your lane.
1: I'm about to tell Weber to stay in his <laughs> yeah, freaking lane. Here, here, here
2: comes the baseball bat <laughs> <laughs> Relentlessness. What other words? Pursuit and what was the other one? Passion? Pursuit relentlessness? It sure isn't passion. Oh, wow. Violent physical Violent. relentless. Oh, Mystify that much. <laughs> <laughs> that was a memorable game for you. Uh, I tried to forget it all I could, yeah. All <laughs> right, Brent. So we got cruise control today. Going out to our girl, Megan Rapino oh. For getting Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. Obviously, um, you know, the lady that was bleeding leading the, the head uh, for equal pay in the world of soccer. Uh, she's a World Cup champion. So I, I think it's pretty obvious who they give that award to. My question to you is the past 20 years, two other women have received the Sports Illustrated Sports Woman of the Year. Oh, I'm sorry, Sports Person of the Year. Can you name them? I'm going to say Serena Williams. Obviously.
1: Obviously?
2: Well, yeah, come on. I, I think it's a good poll when you say yeah. obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. Name the most dominant woman athlete of all time, uh, Serena Williams. The, the other one's—I uh, don't know if you get the other one. Hold on, the other one. I'll be one, pretty excited. If you do
1: I, I want to say? I was going to say Annika Sorenstam, mm. but it might be a swimmer. Nope. Or a gymnast.
2: Nope. It should be a swimmer. Though. I was going to get one? Simone Biles as a good no. guess, but uh, a little cooler. It came from 2011, and and they were co—they uh, were co-winners here.
1: 2011.
2: Um. And 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 the little uh, little another advice. Is it an Olympic sport? Was it Olympic based? It could be, but it doesn't apply here. It didn't
1: apply. That's and also, okay.
2: a little hint: so the people that got nominated for Sports Person of the Year in 2011, they come from the same sport and had the same position.
1: 2011, We're talking probably basketball. Mm-hmm. So what? What basketball would have been uh, like?
3: Holtzclaw or Terassi? Rebecca Lobo? Mm-mm. What would it be then? Lobo would have been way back. Uh, College basketball.
1: Brittany Reiner? Mm-hmm. Nope. No, yeah. that's too. College hoops Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh um, You got it uh, Tennessee Yeah Pat Summitt, Pat Summitt. No, uh, it.
2: I'm proud of you, Brent Yeah, Pat Summitt yeah. There you good go call. And the, and the other, other one was obviously Mike Strzeski So, alright, good There you go yeah. uh, Pump your brakes What was the pump your brakes? We, we, oh, yeah we, we have the audio there Who's <laughs> pump your brakes real quick Come from Baker Mayfield It's been a horrendous season for the Cleveland Browns Baker Mayfield's going through it And here's another example of talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I
3: said that, you know what?
0: Wasn't handled right. Uh, he's not able to run as well as he should be able to, uh, as well as he knows, and that's frustrating for him. You can sense that's somebody's frustration, where that comes from. So it uh, wouldn't handle the right way in our training room. So, you know, it is what it is. And so not 100% is still good enough for us. My
1: first ever interview press conference done in the shower. <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah, so that was Baker Mayfield talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and his groin injury. How the training staff didn't uh, handle it well, and apparently they didn't give him the privacy to do it in the shower, or did not do it in the shower. No, who's in the wrong? Okay, so the you training staff maybe yeah. doesn't, but Kirk,
1: I mean. Uh, Baker Mayfield can't say that.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I need to hear some more stuff. I mean, I. Like he's trying to protect the player. Here's what's happening. Good luck getting you're, your ankles tape the next bus, week. Throwing the, uh, your organization <laughs> under the bus. Here's what's happening, though. That physical trainer can't go out and run routes for Baker Mayfield, all right? So, Baker Mayfield, here's word that Oda Beckham might leave. He's trying to have his back 110%. Simple ja- as that. Jags Report Live tonight at Top Golf, 7 o'clock on
1: CBS 47. We'll uh, talk more about the Jags and other NFL teams, I think.